0: Star Wars All In is a community of fans for all things Star Wars. We want to share our fandom with you, and we'd love for you to share yours with us. Find us on
1: Twitter and Instagram by searching Star Wars All In. Also, search on Facebook to join in the conversation with our private group. We would love to hear from you.
0: Out there in the galaxy it's time for star wars all in the show that explores the galaxy far far away one topic at a time my name is mac i'm going to be one of your hosts on this journey and i'm joined by two dark lords of the sith <laughs> my name is ross thank you
1: mac thank you um my question is right now all of my other friends out there who are more machine than man are you ready for our vader spectacular no, we're not talking about the red kyber crystal. We're not talking about the fall of Anakin Skywalker. We're not talking about robotic appendages. We are talking. His prosthetic parts. <laughs> yeah, Vader and his role of We boy. are not going to talk that about Vader and his prosthetic parts. The galactic I pop am song. I'm not ready to revisit that novel quite yet. No. Uh, but. <laughs> we do have some really interesting Vader stuff to talk about today. But before we go into that, let's talk about why we're discussing these interesting Vader stories today. We have a very special guest here with us today. Uh, Chris, welcome to our little uh, studio here.
2: Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's good to finally kind of be up here and
1: hanging out. I've uh, I've listened to the past couple episodes, and so I'm uh, happy to be a part of it. Well, Thank we are you. very happy to have you here. Chris, you brought us a couple of really interesting topics today, mm. but there's something I want to talk about before we talk about Darth Vader, and that's, Ooh. what is your history with Star Wars? How did you get into the sport? How did you become a fan of this property?
2: So, I would, uh, I'd have to blame Mac, uh, 100%. Okay. Now, uh, Good job, Mac. So, I definitely, uh, I had seen Star Wars when I was a kid. Uh, I remember, I want to say it was TBS or TNT, probably TNT, um, yeah. on on television just give us an um, idea of what year this would have been oh gosh uh like
1: late 80s okay so we're not talking special editions no we're, we're no, no. talking maybe this, the original so this would have tv runs the, or the TV well not the run, yeah. original this would
2: have been before the thx cut yeah okay. um I had seen it on, I don't know if they played it on New Year's or kind of Christmassy time, but it was on yeah. TV.
0: Yeah, I remember like USA Networks played it USA, on Christmas. Yeah, at least like in the thing. early 90s. Like that's like 93 to 95, at least I remember watching because that's how I saw Empire and New York okay. for the first time. So
2: I remember gotcha. that being on in the background as a kid. And, and so I was over at a family's house for holiday, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And. Kind of, you know, you see this out of the corner of your eye, like, what's what's happening on there, you know? And at first, I wasn't even sure if, is this, like, an adult movie? Because there's, you know, shooting and stuff. Maybe I was a little kid, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe yeah, I yeah. shouldn't be watching this. Yeah. But, of course, you know, as a little kid, yeah, that makes it. it all the more <laughs> tantalizing, right? you kind of, you know, sneak a peek, and then, oh, I'm going to go and play with my friends. And then, oh, I'll sneak another peek. And so, I... Had kind of cobbled together a rough estimation of. Uh, uh, Return of the Jedi was the first that I guess I could say I saw, but again, it was it was bits and pieces. Yeah, I yeah. just saw you know a dude in black armor run around being awesome. That's what I I, got, I took away.
1: Oh, that's an understandable takeaway. Right? Yeah.
2: And then I got to be a little bit older. Again, we're talking uh, you know first, second, third grade. A little bit older. Met up with Mac, and uh, I distinctly remember uh, being introduced to Boba Fett. The guy now. with the T oh, on his face? The guy with the T on his face. Mac, as a young child, came up to me. And, you know, as little kids do, right? You got to compare interests real quick. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's not, hey, are you a good person? It's, hey, do you like Star Wars? Because like,
1: otherwise, we're not going to be friends. Are you not supposed to do that as an adult?
0: No, you you, know, you just... That's what you're doing no, to me No, you just right go now. up to people and just go going like... Are you into Star Wars cuz I want to know if I should spend any more time meeting you.
2: Yes, exactly. And <laughs> is this uh, and going anywhere? Is yeah. this going anywhere? So, so Mac did that to me and he came up to me and he said, "Do you like do you like Star Wars? Do you like Boba Fett?" Now, I again, I was cognizant of Star Wars as a as a thing, mm-hmm. but it would be on par with any
1: other movie. Well, right? most you know. older Star Wars fans and when I say older, I mean older than you guys, people who saw the original trilogy in theaters would describe the time period you're talking about, you know, the early 90s yep. as one of the darkest times in Star Wars oh, history, it, you know. Absolutely, after it's the, Power the Dark of time. The Force toy line wrapped uh, up a year or two after Jedi. That was it time. until ninety one. in
0: Zahn's novels, for the yeah. most part. So, yeah. and even yeah. then, that started an engine. It yeah, wasn't it really wasn't till a, the. It's pretty much from from the end of of like you said, Power of the Force. So was that eighty five, eighty six, right around yeah. there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. To about. 1997, when the special editions really kick everything back into hyperdrive. Sure.
1: Yeah, I would say sure. a year before that with the toys. With the toys coming Oh, the Power back. of the Force stuff? Well, yeah, the Power, Power of the, the Force, Force, Force coming two. back. So
2: that's what really got me. So, Mac introduces me to this concept of Boba Fett, which, again, I have to explain. He, he explained yeah. Boba Fett as the dude with the T on his face, which I instantly thought... I must have seen a different movie because there was well, no one how, like, with a letter T painted on their that's face. That's how like
0: seven-year-olds talk about Boba Fett.
2: But I'm picturing like a lowercase T on someone's cheek. Like, uh-huh. I ha- like, like war paint. Like, like war t- paint. Yeah. yeah like, painted on. like what is this person? Like I saw laser guns. Like there's nobody with war paint on. And uh, and But then after a couple years ago, by again, now we're talking kind of 94-ish. I had gone into the store, lo and behold, I'm in the toy aisle looking at whatever toys I was going to look at, X-Men or something, and right next to X-Men, sure enough, are these Star Wars figures. Well, I've heard about these, and you know my friends are playing with X-Men <laughs> figures, or uh, excuse me, uh, Star Wars figures, so I grabbed a, two or three of these guys, a, a Vader, of course. So do
1: you happen to remember, was this the Power of the Force 2 line? This was, yes, absolutely. Orange and black
0: card? These, yeah. these weren't Bendoms. Well, considering no
1: stock from no no the 80s. this is not like left no this is right. a, okay. this
0: is the stuff we traded on so it was like yeah. well this Luke has a ridiculously long lightsaber and he's buff as hell but Dude, you know buff, he's close yeah, buff boy Luke that buff was a, boy Luke that was a
1: weird See, thing. I didn't know anything else those were my first Star Wars toys so to me I was just like sure. this is different but okay
2: I, so my very first Star Wars toy I had was a uh, a Tie Fighter pilot awesome. from the the seventies run okay okay. And, but I had no comprehension as to what this thing was. I had a, uh, you know, a Superman action figure oh, wow. and Superman battled with the TIE fighter pilot, but he was just the big bad guy in black armor, yeah. you know, um, oh, man. many, many years later, I, I kind of put two and two together, yes. um, that, oh, he's just a TIE fighter pilot. Well, I always thought he was cooler than that. Um, <laughs> but yes, the, the powers of the force in like 94 ish, 95, whatever year that was. Um, that's when I got into Star Wars was the action figures at. At that point, then I got my hands at one of the Christmases, one of the holidays that came along, I got my hands on the THX uh, you know, three-pack cut. Yeah. You know?
3: mm-hmm. And
2: at that point, single-handedly at that point, I no longer was a Star Wars novice. I was a holy mackerel. I have been wrong this, this entire... The- this is... I need to devote lifetime to this. Um, <laughs> that, power, that THX cut was so cool. Yep. And they, if I remember correctly, they had teeny tiny little introductions by George Lucas and and he, uh, you know, yeah, I think there was. was only, he only had two necks at the time. Um, <laughs> this is now he's, you know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's. but he. Um, But no, he was there and he, you know, in his kind of weird voice, you know, he introduces everything and, you know, well, I've been working on this, this cool thing. It's going to be a a special edition. And, and my mind starts reeling. And at this point I was really into Star Wars. I had the action figures. I had, you know, trading cards, whatever you have, whatever merchandise I had purchased and gotten into. Um, Eventually the special editions come out and my mom pulls, you know, every, every person's parent at some point pulls the really cool lever right yeah. they only do it once in a lifetime they only do it once in a lifetime <laughs> you know otherwise it's eat your broccoli and here's socks for Christmas right that's, yeah, that's all but there's the once in a lifetime cool lever uh-huh. and she came home it was a school night and everything and she came back at you know whatever seven nine o'clock at night I'm getting ready for bed and she goes go put your shoes on and I'm thinking all right and she goes we're going to see the special edition midnight show of a new hope <sighs> oh, and so my cool. little kid mind exploded yeah yeah um, and and I proceeded to see all the special editions in the theater for their midnight oh. showing, um, wow. and that was so cool. And then finally, uh, uh, the last like childhood memory I have of Star Wars was on the on the rack, a uh, magazine rack at uh, Borders, Barnes and Noble, one of these kind of stores. Um, I saw the face of Darth Maul for uh, on a, uh, the Star Wars magazine, you know, the Star Wars yeah. Insider, and I think I read that magazine. Fourteen times cover to cover, <laughs> thinking just what is the you know Darth yeah. Vader is amazing. Who is this
1: guy? I mean, if you saw them both, if you saw Vader and Maul, just eight by ten, sure. Each oh, hand, nothing about them. Maul would be the scarier guy. Maul is. Maul
2: is traditionally scarier, yeah. but you know, as as we'll get into here, thinking about like the look of Vader, there's a lot more yeah. deep seated, um, uh, humanistic fear. Yes, right, as opposed to. Uh, a little kid fear of demon, sharp, pointy, you know, horns, <laughs> yes, right? Blah, booga booga, yes. right? Vader's the, the scary that lurks in the night. Absolutely. Right? The shadow. The shadowy. The ominous yes. being, the apparition. Yes. Yeah. So I think yeah, you, you more look to an at, adult, you know.
0: Yeah, you, you look at Maul and you know why he's scary. Yes. You look at Vader and you're like, I'm scared of him, but I'm not sure why. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: There's the, the, even then, Maul is terrifying, but he does have a face. He's got eyeballs. He He cries occasionally. You know, yeah. maybe he he got a little scrape, a little boo boo. He's had a bad. I day. mean, all those
1: tattoos had to hurt.
2: They had to hurt, right? Yeah, <laughs> might not have tear ducts. We don't know.
1: Like maybe he just doesn't cry. Yeah.
0: Definitely doesn't blink. Definitely a lot doesn't of guys, blink. Right? Yeah. I mean,
1: who knows what's under there? Who knows? Okay, so little kid, all the way early on. Then you get some toys. Yep. Then you see the THX cuts. Yeah. Then you watch the special editions, yep. and you're hooked. I mean. I, life goes by. Star Wars fan the whole yeah, time. All all done.
2: Um, I definitely have questioned more recently, which I know is okay. a I know is a, a fad, and I hate to like go along with the crowd. Um, I have I have feelings toward the the new movies. Sure, sure. Right. Um, Force Awakens was fine. I, I will go in that camp. I have nothing against Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the greatest movie ever? No, but it was never going to be. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. I have problems with with Jedi, uh, with, with Last Jedi, Jedi, excuse me, I have to be specific sure, now. Sure, sure. Um, I have problems <laughs> with Last Jedi, um, and it's not the, you need to make Star Wars for me. It is, well, it's not the first time. The very <laughs> first time I questioned Star Wars was um, was Rogue One. Uh, I I have feelings toward Last Jedi, but it deserves to exist. I am in the soul camp, and I there are people that I, I have of uh, good friends who boldface will be like you are wrong. Rogue One is the only one worth watching. Uh, Rogue One is my absolute least favorite. Uh, I'll hang out with Jar Jar all day.
1: Which see, m- this know. is why he's my you're, best friend. So you're in a weird room here, where yeah. and I I really hate to say this so early on on what episode four? Where are we? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you're in a room where we all feel the same way. Rogue One is my least favorite Star Wars movies as well. I don't. Hate it with the burning passion. Oh, there's a passion that Mac does. Oh, no,
0: no, no, no. I don't hate it with a burning passion. Mm. I hate it with a burning ambivalence. Okay. Oh, it's existence. Mac just wants to. Because I want to say, I always, I'm going to couch this every time. Rogue One is a movie you can like and enjoy. It is not, it is maddening to me. What I love about Star Wars and what I like about it makes me just poisoned by that movie but that doesn't mean it is inherently bad or it is inherently unwatchable or anything like that i just i hate it i and, feel ambivalent and since towards the subject came up i feel like i just want to also get my thoughts on the record sure sure sure, <laughs> sure, saying, sure. out and early the only thing
1: i don't like about it is that i feel like the two leads are cardboard cutouts oh they have no arcs no personality yes and that it's just my opinion the thing i, I love, love about disney star wars is that they're making something for everyone we have gotten four movies in four years movies we never would have gotten we're getting tv shows we're getting more cartoons we're getting more toys more novels more comics we're getting more than we ever have before and i will take more star wars because you know what it's very likely i'm going to love about 98 percent of it right even though rogue one is my least favorite star wars film It is still a film I love more than almost any other movie that is not titled Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jaws, Airplane, or Back to the Future. I mean, it is up there. It is still a movie I love. I think it has the best space battle in any Star Wars scene, I think, that clip of Vader at the end, while yeah. very out of place yeah. in that film, is yeah. awesome. Little fan service, and I feel like if it wasn't there, people wouldn't hold the movie in such high esteem. But sure. that's okay because if you love Rogue One, I'm really happy for you. I'm really happy you love it. You just happen to be in a room, Chris, with three people who it does rank at the bottom of yeah. their list. Yeah, uh, and we will talk about why much more in the future.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, no, I, I'd be curious to hear that episode. I, but you're absolutely—you've hit the nail on the head in the sense of. I despise the movie, right? I feel a fiery passion towards mm. it at the same time, because I know there's more and more media coming. Yeah. It just happens to, you know, I can kind of put that, that demon to bed a little bit. It just happens to be that, um, it's the first time in my life where I questioned, Right, Because before that point, there were plenty of Star Wars things that I didn't like, but I put it in the box of, oh, well, that's Star Wars for kids, or that's Star Wars for this group, or that's Star Mm -hmm. Wars for this group, and Mm -hmm. I'm not in that group, but that's still Star Wars. Yeah. Right. It's still the umbrella of Star Wars. Um, Even whenever B. Arthur let it rip, and she just had a really good solo in that holiday special... I mean, so you, know. you do put the holiday special above Rogue One? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's a holiday special. Did we is just great. all
1: of our listeners? The holiday special is phenomenal.
0: That that well, animated I, again,
1: Boba scene—that's
0: great. I, I want to say all it's Star Wars, awesome Wars is welcome here. Yeah. That's always been the rule, and that's always going to be the rule. It right. That doesn't We're mean we don't have opinions.
1: Every aspect of Star Wars here, everything we say is just our opinion. I say Good. I want Rogue One to exist. The
0: yes. U-wings really cool. Well, and that's the thing. And I again, love
1: Bodie Rook. I think he's an amazing character that I wish we had got more of. Yeah. Well, so the... the like, there are things to love here, even if you are not the big fan. Right. And At I least think, in my opinion. I think that, yeah. like,
2: you, have, again, not to repeat, but you've hit the nail on the head with the Disney ownership, right? You have your original trilogy and then you get your prequels. And everyone's up in arms that the prequels suck. And again, neither here nor there. Once right? again, I think you're in a room where we love the prequels as well. But Fair. hey, yep. all good. So we're, you know... Neither here nor there, but people, they, they hate them that, you know, but again, when you only had six movies, right. And half of them theoretically sucked that I know what you're saying. Theoretically.
0: Yeah. Theori- yeah, I know. I know that I know. if you're if in that, that, you're that camp, if you're in that camp, yeah
2: then that's 50% of the thing you love that you have to now hate. That's a lot to take on, right? When you expand it and you say, well, okay, we've got cartoons, we've got TV shows, we've got uh, a movie coming out every single stinking year. All of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, Rogue One starts to disappear. Uh, A better example, I know, Mac, I'm going to upset you, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure, Russ, where you sit, but um, I I was, I thought the solo movie was kind of a wet fart. I don't think it's bad by any means. I know you're upset. I don't think it's bad by any means, but I thought it was just kind of this, like, uh right? But how quickly, for myself, I've been able to go, well, it was inoffensive and just, you know, kind of put it to bed. It's, it's gone because a new one's coming down the pike, right? Right. And if you liked it, Mac, and y- then you you're look able at Solo
0: look like like and watch oh, it again, y- your opinion you know? on Solo is kind of like, oh, well, that was a weak episode of a TV show. The That's next episode feel. will be great, exactly, right? exactly.
2: Yeah. But again, just like a TV show, because you know more and more content is coming because Star, uh, Disney is pumping more and more money into Star Wars. I know more is coming, so if I don't like something, I can kind of turn a blind eye to it and hang out here in in my and, bubble, you know. Um, yeah. And if I do like it, I can watch it yeah, again and again, I, and, again and again and again.
1: Understood the. Because I don't like this, it invalidates everything else in sure. the universe. Well, and I sure. questioned that. When Rogue
2: One came out, I questioned it because it was the first me time too. where I'm like, maybe this isn't a thing for me.
1: Yeah, Mac you literally know. hopped over the guardrail after our first showing of Rogue One. Uh, In the theater, we were kind of like the front row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An elevation in height. Literally hopped over and ran out. I felt like someone had died. I was scared to death. He's just like gone. And then
0: I didn't hear from him. We had tickets the next morning. He wasn't there. I'm like, "Uh, are you okay? That's because I went and I went on like a two hour drive soul searching of like, I didn't like that Star Wars movie, but I love Star Wars. So I have to like that Star Wars movie. Yes. And, and I think that's the yes. biggest thing about it is yeah. when we used to not like, when I didn't, when I thought the Yuz and Vong were uninteresting, I'm like, <laughs> well, those are in a novel. Like it, yeah. I need to know it as it far as place. the Wikipedia articles to know what the broader, like Marvel yeah. comics. Like, yeah. I know a lot about comic books. That doesn't mean I've read a whole bunch of Thor comics. Like, yeah. but I know that character and it's okay. Cause it's over in those books. It's the first time with star Wars. I mm-hmm. felt like uh, the G level canon stuff, the big projects are things I don't necessarily going to be into. And that's, Super strange. I didn't have yeah. that conflict before. Well, and having just unexpected. come, having yeah. just
2: come out of uh, uh, Force Awakens, where again, Force Awakens was, was not a home run by any means, but it was what it should have been, Locks and it was disagree. well, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, no, um, no, no, no. <laughs> But it, it did what it was no, supposed I get to it. do. I get it. It, was, I get it. it was fine. And again, I didn't leave after Force Awakens saying, "Oh boy, I'm a Star Wars fan, huzzah!" But I did like, you know, well, okay, they're off to a good start. You know, they don't all have to be winners. But it it belonged, right? It it, it belonged. Right. Um Last
0: Jedi you're not as confident on
2: Last Jedi I think belongs but it's the it's the creepy cousin that you
1: make sit in a table by themselves uh, like the really handsome cousin that you're
0: jealous of because <laughs> it's so amazing
1: <laughs> that's, because it's like the only other perfect Star Wars movie besides A New Hope
0: yeah that's probably
1: uh, yeah I know we'll yeah. save that for another well time. again another, I, uh, that's, another that, thing.
0: that's a whole other thing we, we also want so he's much leaving, more good things to talk away. about you know well, and, and, and again yeah. we'll, we can circle back to that because I really think that yeah. episode 9 will give context to episode 8 of is it the weird kid out in the wilderness that's going on its own direction sure, sure. and that, the empire strikes back that it really is. Well, or is it the empire that, well we'll see
1: we, oh timestamp
0: we are yeah. still in yeah. late 2019 yeah. we have not seen rise of skywalker yet all right so we've talked about the star wars movies that
1: you don't yes. love as much yes. that aren't the top of your list fair, fair fair so let's what is the number one spot what sits on the top of the pedestal what has won the mushroom cup are we in, <laughs> are we including the holiday special? I think you can include anything that is considered <laughs> Caravan a Star Wars
0: feature <laughs> wow, film. Yeah, okay. Caravan of episodes. Courage, Carav- Ewok I, oh, Adventure, these yeah, count. Yeah, yeesh, yep, yep. Yeesh. Spark of Rebellion. Uh, um, Boy, that Caravan of 2008's courage. theatrical release of Clone Wars. Oh, oh that's true. I saw I'm that. Gonna, there's going to be someone theaters, one day was who thinking? that will be their favorite. It will be. And I will... They're just like, when I saw Stinky, I knew he was a Star Wars Stinky. fan. Of life,
1: oh God!
2: <laughs> but what's sat your favorite? In the theater and thought, what was I doing there? I think I'd rather there? watch
1: Stinky than hear Snips and Sky I mean, thrown back and forth, but <laughs> once again, another time and place. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. what is the number one?
2: Um. Chris? So number one. So I mean, there's a knee jerk reaction of saying Empire. Sure. Um, most people probably would. I think that's the knee jerk reaction. Uh, I think, and we can talk more about it, you know, as we go along here. But uh, again, as I've gotten older, my opinion has slowly changed. Mm. Um, and I, I'm going to go with just a new hope. Yeah. I think it is the, the tightest story. I remember mm-hmm. being younger, a uh, teenager and, you know, you'd see the top 100 movies of all time and it would, you know, uh, a new hope was up there. Top 10, a new hope was there. And then, you know, empire was down at like 99 or if it even made the list. And I remember being a kid thinking, but empire is so much better than, than a new hope. <laughs> it should be number five on the list or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, and as I've gotten older, so I've seen a whole lot more movies you know, um, I have taken a huge step back of Empire's a phenomenal film in the context of Star Wars. Yes. A New Hope I can take to anyone,
1: anywhere, at any time, and that is a phenomenal film. You haven't met my wife, but... um, (laughs) No, I I mean, A New Hope is my favorite Star Wars film. We haven't talked about that a whole lot yet, but I mean, I get it. It Yeah,
2: it, it, it wasn't always, I have to stress, it was that. not always, that, yeah. um, but it absolutely has grown on me and I've, I feel that I've seen, almost like I've seen the light, sure. right? That this is just a, a completely whole movie where Empire needs a new hope. Empire needs yes. Jedi yes. To, to be what it is, right. right? To be this kind of dark brooding, you know, guy in the middle. Yeah. Um, a new hope is just, it stands firmly on two flat feet, yes.
0: proud.
1: Head held high.
0: It's a perfect film. It's There's perfect nothing film. you can change about it that yes. would make it better or worse. Yep. It's exactly what it needs yep. to be, and it's amazing. Yes, yep. I think yep. we're all in agreement there. Yeah. Yep. Empire is still my favorite, but that's okay. That, yep. and, but that As, is okay. Well, it? it's not about which
1: one you think is necessarily the best from a theory standpoint. Sure.
0: Right from a right um, from a uh, well, how are you? Well, from filmmaking, I think it's pretty easy see. to argue yeah. on the elements that that new hope is the strongest of oh, all yeah, of them. Yeah. But again, like you said, it's part of it's cause it's, it stands alone and no other star Wars film is going to do that. Cause they don't have to. Well, and they, and they never will. Right. And they, they never, never should.
2: Will. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it's
0: the one that started it all. And what does that start with? What is the first iconic image that grabbed you as a kid?
2: Oh man. Those, those laser beams blast through the door, that long white hallway and enters mm-hmm. the main man himself.
0: And so in the first of, probably many Darth Vader specials will have over sure, time. And it gets Skywalker well, that is sort of that
2: episode is coming out soon. Right?
0: Well, yeah, the prosthetic, his prosthetic parts, the galactic pop song. Yeah. <sighs> New Canon. Um, but the point is we're going to spend our time with actually just two topics this time. Sure, sure. Uh, mostly cause, uh, just like this segment, we've made a very long segment, uh, cause we all have great rapport. I mean, Chris is my best friend, so it's kind of like basically two of me are talking with Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, I, But Chris does have many different opinions, especially his opinion about Darth Vader, which we'll explore as we look at the VR experience, which is Darth Vader Immortal Episode 1, first of a series of VR experiences about the Dark Lord himself and Mm. his castle on Mustafar. Mm. And then Chris brought his own topic. We're going to talk about the aesthetics. We're going to talk about Darth Vader's armor and The look and the texture of that, and what it means in culture, in art, and sort of just, again, the aesthetics of why Darth Vader is so iconic. Mm. And uh, we're going to get right into that right after this. I wonder
3: what Vader is after.
0: Piers Vader has finally found his candidate. And our future is in your hands. Vader is here.
3: You are the one I've been searching for. Do as I command.
2: Is there any version of this plan that doesn't end up with us being dead?
0: All right, welcome back to another topic. This time we're going to talk about something that's, um, well, a little more topical than we usually do. So I just want to warn people, spoiler warnings and all that stuff. We're going to be talking about mm. Vader Immortal, mm. the ILM X-Labs experience for uh, various mm. VR platforms, primarily the Oculus Rift and Oculus Quest uh, and we we're going to be talking about episode one. So if you don't want to know anything about it, if you have access to these tools, then go play that, then come see us. Uh, but we all actually just got out of the rift and we all experienced it. Kind of. <laughs> most. Yeah. Most yeah. What, as much as I possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. So it is not for the faint of heart. It's, uh, I think they did a pretty good job of making it comfortable, but it is, um, it's a VR with a capital V and a capital R experience.
2: It, well, it's not, I wouldn't say it's all, all the way. I mean, I'm not sitting in the cockpit of a, uh, a TIE fighter zipping around yet. Yeah, like, yet, yes. 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 That's the optimal <laughs> word here. I was um, going to say, I,
0: I... But they'll, get, I'll there. they'll get there eventually. I mean, that's it's I all in, yeah. I
1: couldn't believe what kind of jump the technology had taken since the last time I participated in any sort of VR experience, Mac, a couple of years Ago, you were nice enough to give me a demo on your first Oculus yes. mm-hmm. uh, rig and where it's at now is uh, it really is breathtaking when you're inside of it when you mm. see mm. well what you see what we're about to talk about Mac why don't you tell
0: everyone what kind of setup we were using just so they oh, sure, sure, what we were doing um mm. so VR is one of my favorite technologies and so I've been a nerd about it I've been using uh, Oculus Rift since the uh DK2, the developer kit 2, so that was when it was a little more than ski goggles, but not much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so what we did is, uh, I have one of the rooms in my house sort of, not dedicated to, but I have stuff built around for VR, so we have Mm -hmm. a nice play space, it's about six foot by six foot, so that we have enough room to move around and do most experiences Mm -hmm. We also have a tether I've mounted to my ceiling to keep the line from the Oculus Rift up and away from your head. That way, ducking and crouching and spinning around, you're not going to run into the cord. So I've been meaning to ask, is this a modified dog leash or is this something <laughs> set oh, it's, up specifically oh, for this? Something no, 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 no. no. It's it's not a modified dog leash. It is just a dog leash um, <laughs> just strapped to my ceiling through some command strips.
1: But it works so I, well. You know what? It looks like it belongs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I mean, and luckily it's no. small because it's like for a small breed uh, dog, <laughs> so it doesn't look like I have like a love swing mount or anything like that, which is oh. nice. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. So. That's the so other yes. corner of the room. That's where you keep the room the he's kept I'm one of the, yeah, the I'm a uh, VR enthusiast, let's say. So I do have a lot more space. Honestly, the best way to probably experience this right now yeah. is. I can a new platform called the Oculus Quest. And the oh. Quest is an all-in-one headset with the biggest thing is my room has to have sensors, cameras that are infrared sensors specifically to track the rift. And so a lot of times if I turn completely around from the sensors, I'll start losing tracking on the hand controllers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Quest is all what they call inside out tracking. The trackers are built into the helmet and that's how it sees your hands. So for a lot of folks, that's probably where we're going now you guys got to see a much higher fidelity because the Rift is still the best quality version mm. of Oculus. There's only really one headset out there of worth that's better, which is Valve's Index, but... That just came out and is kind of dumb expensive. So I'm I'm much in the Oculus camp. So if someone wanted to play Vader Immortal, mm.
1: what is their price? What is their starting up cost?
0: Mm. So if you've never had any VR experiences at all, probably the way you would go is the Oculus Quest cost around $300 when you're all mm. said and done. Okay. Um, and then Vader Immortal itself was, uh, episode one was $10. So I expect in that. The bank with that. each okay. yeah. episode is yeah. going to be... Yeah. Each episode is going to probably be 10. We know there's at least a second episode coming out. Uh they announced that at recent D23. Um and I suspect the series will be probably about 5 episodes. That I don't know if I remember hearing right. that. Yeah. yeah. It um, was
2: it was pretty fleshed out. I mean,
0: I was shocked how much of a story we got. Yeah. Did
1: yeah, we, well so we want to walk through. I mean, are we going to completely spill the guts of this thing and I yeah, think yeah, for the fact that it's only about 15
0: bit. minutes or so, I think it's prudent to go through it cuz Unfortunately, yeah, think the price of admission about. we just talked yeah. about is probably too high for a lot of people to ever experience this unless I, they go to a, a arcade or barcade. Yeah, yeah. They're or you know realistically facility.
1: watching the playthrough on YouTube.
0: I was going to
2: say I can't imagine there's not a playthrough on YouTube. I think this that has to and be if there the way isn't, to go. We should do it.
0: Yeah, no, no. You should. <laughs> It would be really good. I mean, I think this is really great. So I want to preface one thing. Of, so this is ILM's X-Laboratories. Now, the X-Laboratories have basically been working on VR experiences for a while. Um, they, The first one they released was one that was a tie-in for um, The Force Awakens, which was actually for PlayStation VR exclusively. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't done that. As far as I know, it's literally just an encounter with Vader. But you can kind of see that there's a through line through all of these, because that introduced like Vader and his castle on Mustafar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I played um, another X-Lab experiment, which was at uh, Disney's Void Centers, uh, which is uh, really cool, really cool, which is uh, custom Oculus hardware attached to computer backpacks. Well, it's like, like a laser tag, but not laser tag at right, all. Right, because you, you go into the Rift, it's a, it's a digital experience, but everything you touch in that world exists physically.
1: Is this the stormtrooper experience? Yes. playing? Okay, mm. gotcha. So you walk
0: through, like you walk through. So like when you're on a on a um, a gunfight on a railing, the railing is there, in, both in, in your helmet yeah. and on on the thing. When you grab a gun, you're physically picking up a weapon and physically aiming that weapon, and that weapon's tracked by the system as well. But you're not you're you don't see in
2: just for those at home. Like you're no. You're still looking through the goggles. I mean, you're not seeing this physical weapon. So you're yeah, so when it, I look through the goggles, I see through. a very
0: stormtrooper blaster yeah. looking thing. And if I took my goggles and tipped them up, I see an orange Nerf blaster. Yeah. Totally. Like so gotcha. it's it, it's it's all um, it's all illusion. So this experience felt very similar to that in the sense of the fidelity, the mm-hmm. hey, we're ILM, so we have access to the vault, we can get the good stuff, yeah. we can get scans of all the good stuff. Um because this experience is very authentic it Mm -hmm. is walking into star wars in in many many ways so you start out as you are a smuggler of some repute um you are with your co-pilot who is a jumping into vader immortal now oh yeah yeah sorry we have moved on on
1: now from the stormtrooper experience that you what was that at disney springs
0: uh that was at disney springs there's a couple centers i think there's one in chicago there's one in disneyland new york New York, they have like five or six centers yeah. around the world, you and they gather. have different
2: games too. The company has different games; it's not all Star Wars. They have, uh, like, I think there's a horror one. Yeah, there was a, a Ghostbusters or something.
0: I think that's a different company, but same idea. I was so about to say what the point, but yeah, if you're talking about
1: Ghostbusters, then okay, then we can get on board.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, so just setting the stage of uh, X Labs has been doing this, and they've been, I feel, in some weird way, sort of building a storyline. Sure, I'm mm-hmm. curious if some of the stuff I saw at the stormtrooper experience. Uh, Imper- I think it's called Imperial assault or something like that. I'm curious if that will come over. Cause it's all the same time period. This is all like just before rogue one, like gotcha. all the stuff that's happening is the rebellion is starting, it's starting to go, but they're, they're ragtag freedom fighters. There's no, you know, they haven't made a big fleet uh, thing on like Scarif. They haven't organized that heavily yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we start. We start with a smuggler. Who has no name, because the smuggler is you. I mean, yeah. that's the whole point. Uh, you only exist as a pair of gloves in front of you mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you can see your hands and stuff like that. So you could be male, you could be female, you could be human, you mm-hmm. could be alien. We, we don't know, and it's not important. No. Uh, the main kind of character you interact with the most is um, Zoe, which is your protocol droid-like co-pilot. Yeah. Um, kind of like L3 from Solo. She's a little patchworked together. Yeah. A little hover. And she higher, yeah she has a hover uh, so uh, repulsor lift underneath her and she mentions at the very beginning of the game complaining about how it's not that strong because mm-hmm. uh, later in the game you have to climb and she moans about she has to climb too because her repulsor lift basically gets her three feet off the ground and that's it yeah gotcha. um and uh, so what happens is you you are immediately like getting off from a job things are bad so you flip on all the switches to activate the hyperdrive you grab the hyperdrive handle and shoot into hyperdrive. And then you're doing just some interesting things where, like, you're scanning your ship by grabbing a dial and twisting it. And Mm -hmm. all of this is all these very well-designed digital objects that Mm -hmm. you grab Mm -hmm. with the controllers. Now, the Rift controllers basically have uh, a trigger for your bottom three fingers, Mm -hmm. triggers for your two index fingers, and then they can sense where your thumbs are. So by using these in combination, you basically can grab things in the world Mm -hmm. and let go of things in the world. Or if you grab a gun, you have a trigger for Mm -hmm. shooting it or... Um, grabbing a lightsaber and turning off and on. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of manipulating like a scanner for the ship and finding out all the flaws on the ship. And then you uh, drop, get pulled out of hyperspace because an interdictor cruiser, star destroyer yanks you out of hyperspace. And that's about where you two could needed to check out. Well, yeah. That's, well, yeah. The, the <laughs>
2: hyperspace zooming is is a bit too much for my um, crazy inner ear vertigo style. But but you know, truth be told, uh, kind of what you were talking about as far as the uh, the controls and that it is you know, and how you were speaking, uh, Ross, about how um, things have changed, right? Yeah. Uh, in in the world of video games and, and VR specifically, it is interesting how much and how quickly your brain kind of clicks over and just accepts it you know uh whenever i was in the cockpit at first and um uh and just playing and what you know the first couple things okay this panel lights up hit these switches and there's just little tiny toggle switches like you would see in the millennium falcon or in real life and you naturally instinctually you just reach over and the hand kind of clicks over to a little index finger point yeah you kind of just have your index finger out your switches like your han solo oh pull this thing over here and even though you clearly know you're in a video game, the fidelity of the game, the graphic, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, complexity, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure there's a vast amount of polygons going on here. But um, it just, your brain just says, okay, yeah. I'm in a cockpit. Yeah. This is what you do.
1: And really, it's... I mean, it, you're in a video game, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's not just that. You're in Star Wars. Yeah. You're in yeah. that world. Everything feels right, right from the beginning. I mean, even the gloves you're wearing when you look yeah. down. Yeah, they're not yeah. Like weird it, floaty hands. They're, yeah, they're it, Star Wars gloves. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it's just... It does a really good job of setting you up in that universe, mm-hmm. having your droid counterpart there right away, the ship you're flying, just, it, it all feels right, and I think that's the first step, because if you don't have that, yeah. you don't have a convincing thing, mm-hmm. you know, you're not convincing someone to try it at that point, I don't think, or really you're not making them believe they're there, and it only mm-hmm. gets better from there.
2: Well, and how quickly they drop you into the game itself, right? You have the, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, but there isn't a text crawl, there isn't a let's zoom over the planet or anything like that. It's long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and hyperspace. Yeah, uh, and and granted, for me that kind of caught me off guard a little bit in a, in a negative <laughs> way. But mm-hmm. let's be honest, you 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 pay the three hundred some bucks for the setup. You pay the ten dollars <laughs> for the game. You clearly are here for a a an experience. Uh, I don't want to say a gimmick because I don't think that's what it is. But there is yeah. you're you're paying for the 3D experience. So. The idea of, okay, sit back for the next three minutes and watch a text crawl, which you could easily have done without spending $300. That's not fun. (laughs) You know, I want, give me hyperspace. I want to hit some toggle switches. Like, get me in there.
0: Yeah, it gets you in there really fast. And Mm -hmm. I mean, and the cool thing about it is, like you said, well, I know the star tunnel. you ill (laughs) um i think the thing that's interesting is it's the effect you remember from the movie you flip all those switches you grab that Mm -hmm. big meaty handle that you've seen on the millennium falcon 100 times and you push it forward (laughs) and and then the stars come bleeding at you until they Mm -hmm. become form a tunnel Mm -hmm. um and it just it feels really good it feels maybe too authentic because the entire ship you have the uh the windfall has kind of this um it's almost like a U-Wing. Like, you can see really far down yeah, in front. Yeah, it's like
2: an open cockpit kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Um, Which is great, except when you arrive at the next planet, which is Mustafar, which Ooh. people with vertigo would probably have problems because <laughs> you see this planet just slowly turning underneath of you as a giant Star Destroyer comes up over you, top yeah. your head. Yeah. Um, And then you get a, a message that it's like, Hey, you know you're in imperial restricted mm-hmm. space. You will slave your ship to us, and you will land for questioning. Yep. And you protest for a second, you get fired upon, and then it's like, okay,
2: yep.
1: eh, I guess we're doing this.
2: And then you get you get caught up, you get arrested, or you know, uh. Yeah, you, you,
0: you get landed, you go through the atmosphere, you're on Mustafar, mm-hmm. your, your robot Zoe, she's just like, just like what's Mustafar doing? It's just a mining planet. What are the Imperials even doing mm-hmm. here as you're flying what towards Vader's castle, yeah. <laughs> the yep. giant monolith? And you're like, I've seen Rogue One, I know where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and then you land in the hangar bay and they come in and uh, you guys get to see this. I, I basically mm-hmm. ran the demonstration for you for a few yeah. points. Um, but... Uh, this character comes on, Admiral Carrick, and he's like half cyborg, and he basically tells you you're under arrest. Actually, he blows the back door of your ship open, and then you guys don't see it. But it's one of the more affecting things is a stormtrooper comes up and shoots your droid companion, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then aims point blank at you and stuns you. Mm-hmm.
1: you. you. At this point, you're in. It just yeah. takes off from here and... The story's in full swing. You wake up. Uh, mm. You know the screen cuts to black. Mm. You wake up, and right in front of you, uh, bigger than you ever thought possible, <laughs> is an Imperial torture droid. Yep, it's way massive. bigger, massive. It, it uh,
2: you know you see it in the movie and kind of assume, oh, it's the size of like a like a hefty football uh this thing is no hefty football <laughs> it's like a beach is. ball it's like a yeah, big beach ball yeah it's, it's like a massive globe or something i don't know what do you say uh, yeah it just it it yeah.
1: looks small next to vader and a new hope but then you you see it here in Ooh. uh in uh, what we'll call the real world you know the yeah, yeah, real the, world yeah. and it is just i mean it's intimidating and the yeah. sound well yeah. of course i mean that just sells it even
0: more. Totally. And of course it gets worse because Carrick just tells you that Vader's coming and you mm-hmm. better do what he says. He hates cleaning up this cell.
2: Well, <laughs> and he, he on his own is pretty, uh, again, with the level of the graphics and everything, he is very believable. And he's got this gnarled yeah. old face with robot parts. He's got a beat
0: yeah, up robot of arm. Half his face is robotic. He's got a robotic arm. It's, it's he's a gnarly dude. Yeah. yeah I
1: really yeah. would love to find out what happened. I mean, it's almost like a two face situation.
0: Yeah. Sure. yeah. 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 And then a door opens up and Mm. Ross, this is the part we forced to make sure you, you played. Yeah.
2: I, I, Ross, I recorded it by the way. Oh, (laughs) you're welcome. Uh, (laughs) Thank you.
1: I can't wait to see it. It was incredibly, Mm. um, I don't even know the right way to describe it Mm. because the door opens. All you see is light. Mm -hmm. And then you see the, the shadow, the outline, the hard outline. Yeah. And, As you hear the breathing, and he takes one metallic step after the other, (laughs) getting closer and closer. And he's moving with a purpose. It's not a slow-moving Vader. It's not meant to be spooky. It's just intimidating. He's coming at you. He basically goes into a short speech about Mm -hmm. how he needs you to perform one simple task. He uses a force
0: pull, brings over an object.
1: Mac, Mm -hmm. what do you know about that object?
0: Because it's not something I was familiar with. Um, they refer to it later in the game as the, um, I think the the key. Yeah, um, they
1: definitely refer to it as a key. I so like think it, it had is, a name. I in thought that. it was it's reminiscent of a holocron. Po- it's yeah, not a holocron.
0: It's a holocron because it's, w- in that it, 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 it's zone. a machine, but yeah, it has these living, pulsing kind of things, and it's kind of got a crystal core to it.
2: I mean, for lack of a better example, and I know this is non-Star Wars, but it's the the cube from
0: like Hellraiser, like the, yeah. the puzzle. You know, the, the puzzle, puzzle box. box. Yeah. yeah, it's that idea. And uh, Vader wants you to open it, and uh, and you do, mm-hmm. because you are the chosen one. Which I'm really curious, because I, I had asked you, Mac, and, and I, whenever it
2: opens up, and I didn't do this uh, on my playthrough, but whenever it opens up, there are four little tiny cogs or, or crystalline sticks. Little studs that, you that can poke. They kind of poke out. And the idea would be, again, like a puzzle box. You push them back in, and it folds up, and then da da da, da here's the crystal, and you're magical, yep. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said you... you there are four... I clicked one on my playthrough. You said you clicked the exact same one on your playthrough. Yeah. I'm very curious to know, and, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, um, you know, if you click a different one, maybe potentially does that could... Does it look different? Does, does it, it do something different? different? Does, yeah. Yeah. Um, just so to you know, visually... yeah. Not sure
0: because I think, unfortunately, I think when I played through in front of you guys, I think I pressed the same I, one again. Well, because it's the one that's closest to it's the it one closest to you. It feels
2: natural that like you're holding it. This is this, but nothing could stop you. You're in 3D, right? You could
0: you could turn go to the upside back. down. Yeah. You could drop it. I mean, yeah, because you you're holding. Yeah, because you are holding that in an interesting way. Um, and just real quick, so I felt this when I did the Void experience very viscerally. Mm. I'm a tall guy. I'm about 6'2 oh, oh, yeah. when I stand. And there was a moment in the void where you're in a gunfight and Vader starts coming up on your left flank. And I'm the leftmost of my four-man squad. And I'm like, hey, guys, we got Vader. And I pop my gun over and I shoot a few times and he just bats it away with his lightsaber and I'm not doing anything. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, the game's not going to obviously make me fight him with a lightsaber because I don't have one. Mm -hmm. So I just went back to shooting the troops. And he, in the same way we just saw deliberately is just a in the inevitability walk walking towards you because he doesn't have to go fast because mm-hmm. he's going to kill you no matter what happens and when he got about i don't know virtually 10 feet away i had to stand up and take a step away from him because he's like almost like six and a half seven mm-hmm. feet tall mm-hmm. and he just felt huge to me and it yeah. Scared me because not a whole lot of people are huger than me. <laughs> well, um, he
2: is. he's very uh, um, impressive and oppressive. Um, his, and in this his game, height I know it's just in his height. W- well, he's wide. wide. He's very wide. His shoulders are broad. He looks like a linebacker. And and Mac, you laughed at me whenever I did my my first go of the game. Yeah. And Ross, like I said, I recorded you. Mm-hmm. And whether you realized it or not, you did the same thing. That Matt yep. and myself both did,
1: which is, as he walks closer, you took a step back. I definitely <laughs> did. I, I wanted to really... I wanted to see what would happen. I wanted to see, sure. would he keep coming? Would he... Because in the room you're in, there's a couple mm. other things. There's a, a torture chair there, mm-hmm. you know, reminiscent of what we see in Empire Strikes Back. Oh, Lacon. yeah. Yep. Uh, so you don't really know where this is going, but it seems pretty quickly that you've done what vader asked you completed that one simple task Mm -hmm. the key makes a few movements that apparently hadn't been possible before and vader basically takes it turns to you and says oh this is surprising you must be the one i've been looking for Mm -hmm. i will call for you shortly Mm. and this is where there comes some interpretation we have to kind of talk about is vader setting you up to do something here is what we see in the rest of the game expected by him mm-hmm. or is he just smart enough to catch up essentially?
2: No, I I personally I say the first one. I think it's I think it's all a set. The second he realizes that you have whatever magical, you know, a gift you have you to have open a destiny this puzzle box you have a destiny. Yes. Um pretty much from that point forward, I think it is I think it's a setup.
1: I, think I felt setup. that same way until we get to that scene right before yeah. the end. Well, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. We'll
2: talk that about that. That ending made everything nice so, and sweet.
0: Yeah. So the big thing about this is Carrick <laughs> goes over, he tells the communications wall to open the door. Mm-hmm. He gives his passphrase. And he and Vader both leave. And you're left alone in the room. And you find out that there's another character in the room you didn't aware of who is this Mustafarian um uh like sage. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's he says he's like, you know, the the lore keeper of his clan. And he's basically just talking to you about, the like, Vader has this key, and you just gave him the way to unlock that key, and, you know, uh, when he's done with you, he's going to kill you, and if you if he gets the key, he'll have unlimited power, and we can't let that happen. And besieges you to let him out. And your droid companion, now at this point, has self-repaired enough to start talking to you. And she kind of gets you set up to go and hack the doors. Now, a lot of moments in the game, and I think we'll just kind of go over them, but are these interesting puzzle box experience where, like, in this one, you go and you... Use a Hydra Spanner, so basically a (laughs) screwdriver, uh, Mm -hmm. and you open up this port and then just sort of dismantle it until you get down to the bottom and you can override it. Mm -hmm. So it's all these, like, kinetic puzzles where you're ripping panels open, turning knobs, hitting switches, kind of like with a hyperdrive. Mm -hmm. You're just interacting with these boxes that make all these different cool things happen, and they feel... Really visceral between between mm-hmm. the little haptic shakes in your hand, mm-hmm. the very authentic Star Wars sounds you're hearing in your ears in stereo, and the fact that they just it just has good feedback visually as well mm-hmm. um, makes all these little puzzle boxes great. So you open those up and basically you go to a turbo lift. You three, the uh, the lore master, your droid, and you are basically taking this elevator up. And you're trying to get back to the flight deck. But unfortunately, you get caught by a stormtrooper. Uh, that stormtrooper basically makes it so that you uh, can't leave by your ship. And so the lore master decides to kind of sacrifice himself. He gives you a totem to help you find a priestess. And goes off, fight stormtroopers as he distracts them for you to get away. Mm-hmm.
1: So you begin to make
0: your way up mm-hmm. into, as the game hints at,
1: private quarters. Now, mm-hmm. As the character, we don't know where this is going, but as the player, it uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely implies that, you know, we know we're in Vader's castle, even though our character doesn't know that. And so we know we're heading into areas that maybe Vader has access to. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, as you, as she's trying to override the doors to get out of this, this big hall, we see there's a central platform that you're drawn to. When you get there, you find a lightsaber. Mm-hmm.
2: And so, uh, you know, as you go to pick up your lightsaber, a, uh, a multi-armed uh, droid uh, comes out at you, um, similar to uh, like a probe droid, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yep. More of a cylindrical center mm-hmm. uh, rather than kind of the round rotating head. Mm-hmm. Um, almost looks like a punching bag in the middle. It's sure. kind Of the shape I would describe, and then yeah. Uh, yeah, sort of like a martial arts training dummy type of thing. Definitely intimidating, definitely of Imperial build, not Mm -hmm. a relic of the Jedi or the Sith or anything Mm -hmm. like that, definitely Mm -hmm. something modern, and we find out that this is a room that maybe Vader has done a little bit of training in before.
2: So you go forth and uh, uh, you begin to. This is like it, as far as the gameplay goes. This is your tutorial, right? Yeah. So, so they're the gonna literally you go through, through it with, it with the lightsaber. It, yeah. Literally go through. Place your lightsaber here on this, you know, floating icon. <laughs> turn it to the <laughs> left now, you know. Um, but pretty quickly, as far as tutorials go, I would say pretty quickly, it kind of lets you off the leash, lets you play around a little bit, um, and you uh, and you fight this droid a couple times. Um, after taking down the droid, uh, it sends up the uh, the little. Um, what do you call them? Little blaster guys uh, from remotes, A New Hope. The training remotes. The, yeah, the remote droids there. Uh, so they pop up. They shoot lights, or er, uh, excuse me, they shoot lasers at you, and you deflect them. Pew pew. And uh, and you know, you kind of get a, a pretty good sense. Now, what's interesting is, you know, of course, if you're in the Star Wars universe, uh, you want this lightsaber experience, right? But how many video games have given us air quotes the lightsaber, lightsaber experience, <laughs> right? I mean, it's not anything new in that aspect, but it is fascinating having that headgear on. And being able to turn around, being able to look in this environment mm-hmm. and, and feel that you're in somewhere as opposed to looking at a computer screen, right? right? Even even the Wii had, you know, the Wii had its, you know, remote control and everything, which was pretty fascinating, kind of a one-to-one connection. But at the end of the day, you're still just looking at a TV screen. And as right. good as that feels, it always felt limiting and always felt, again, kind of gimmicky, you know, because, of course, they let you do a lightsaber battle in some video game and then immediately go back to regular controls to move your character, yeah. Um, in this VR headset, in this this uh, game you're playing, it it feels natural. You know, we were kind of yeah. joking later on. There's another kind of lightsaber battle, and you don't think about the fact that like you are playing a game. When a guy comes at you and swings a lightsaber, you just naturally you want to block. You want to deflect it, um, and and it feels just utterly natural. That's the best compliment I can give it. Is it just mm-hmm. works? Um, but again, even just visually, you know, you're looking around. On the walls are these large, kind of you know, chiseled rock murals, uh, reminiscent of uh, Mayan or Aztec kind of looking, mm-hmm. um, but of course have you know Jedi relics and that kind of look to them. And you're in this big hall, and it it just feels feels like a temple. It feels like you're you're in this temple training, and it's a nice uh, kind of homage to those that stylistic look of Star Wars.
1: Yeah, you get the feeling that there's history here. There's a reason mm-hmm. Vader is here. There's a reason he's using this place to do his uh shall we say dastardly deeds and we'll learn more about that in a second.
0: Yeah. And so uh once you defeat the training droid, uh your friend, uh your co pilot opens up shutters that open out to Mustafar's like um landscape. And so you see the whole lobby landscape. And at that point, uh, this is where I I definitely need to take over because oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I wasn't playing this part because we went out and uh, again, vertigo you you your <laughs> brain tells you that you're looking over oh, a 200 yeah. foot drop and again, it is crazy how much your brain
2: doesn't question it for a second. I clearly am standing in a carpeted uh, you know living room um, and <laughs> no yet, lava to be seen here. no lava to be seen no no smell of of brimstone and yet <laughs> man. I mean, you don't question it for a hot second. You just, you like it. it you don't. You kind of tiptoe towards the edge because
0: you don't want to get too close. I might fall. Like, where am I going to go?
2: But your your brain just accepts it.
0: Yeah, and I was showing them because uh, the next part is uh, one of the traversal puzzles is mm. these ladders and uh, piping that you can climb on, and it's very reminiscent of a fairly famous early Rift game called The Climb, which mm. is a rock climbing simulator. But it's, of course, can be disordering for a lot of people because your arms are doing all the work of grabbing hold points and moving around. But your legs are obviously still on the ground. You're not rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a part where they, they trick you and you grab a pipe and you hold onto the pipe and the pipe breaks and leans back and mm-hmm. you start falling back and you're afraid you're going to fall down. And then... You keep traversing. There's some piping that we have to use our lightsaber to cut through. Mm-hmm. And we sort of end up in like some utility ducts of the monolith. And we mm-hmm. start seeing that Vader is interacting with this person who is um, called the Black Bishop. Mm-hmm. At least that's what he's been in the marketing. And he's this deep-voiced, like, kind of reminds of the dudes that um, the Emperor hangs out with in the Death Star 2. That little entourage of just like... oh sure. Creepazoid dark side devotees, like, we don't exactly know what they are there for or what they do, and the bishop seems to be just sort of consoling Vader about this thing called the Eon Engine. You gotta wonder where these people come from.
2: Where where are these like, extra weird, you know, Emperor Palpatine kind of like, cronies hang out like, are they just, uh, is there some just far off Star Wars planet where there's like, the one emo kid that no one likes and they pick on him? must like, you know, I'm gonna hang out with the Emperor someday. (laughs)
1: <laughs> What's, what I'm wondering is, so we we have the religion of the Force, of the Jedi, that's essentially been eliminated from history. Right. Mm-hmm. But we still have, we see in Rogue One, the Guardians of the Wills. We see mm-hmm. these characters who are once not Force-sensitive, but practitioners of the Force. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're seeing here? Are we seeing that but for the dark side? Are we seeing these people that are right. not, not, not necessarily in touch with the force not able to manipulate it and use it for their own bidding but they want to study it they mm-hmm. want to learn about it they study it from a, a theoretical standpoint i guess you could say
0: hmm. well it's confusing because we move down the corridors and down a ladder and stuff down to more ground level the room we saw vader talking to this character and we see that conversation kind of continue mm-hmm. and vader dismisses him and he apparates like Harry Potter. Like, I don't know how to describe it. He just sort of gets pulled into himself and then disappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's a little bit of Sith magic. Hopefully stuff. we'll learn more
1: about that. I, as more episodes are released. I hope so. If and,
0: and mm. this is where I think the, the biggest, like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is a good star Wars. Um, cause Vader's looking at this like crystal and it has like this mirror, like oh. reflections and stuff dancing upon it. And he, um, he we we've kind of learned that this eon engine might be the key to immortality, invaders seeking out immortality,
2: that's the title
0: right, and then we find out that, yes, well, everyone in the game right now is thinking that we, the audience who have watched the prequels, get a completely different impression mm-hmm. of what he's trying to accomplish, yeah
2: yeah, he doesn't want to be alive forever,
1: but he's very interested in people who have died hmm so we hear one particular sound bite here mm-hmm. of I assume it's from natalie portman's voice recordings what did you think about i, that? I mean i was
2: gonna say did you could you tell if it was a re-record like some voice actress or if it was straight out of the movie
1: i only heard it the one time yeah so i can only speculate we did basically no research we just played this <laughs> and then are <our> talking <laughs> so i don't i'm sure we could find an official answer here but i more just wanted to
0: i feel pretty confident it. having yeah. here it, heard it twice i'm pretty sure it's that 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 moment when Ankin gets back at the beginning of episode three, and she's just telling her like yeah. something wonderful something, has happened. Yeah. I'm pregnant, and he's like, "I'm so happy about mm. that." <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it,
1: I, I, if I had to place it, that I would say it's the actual clip
0: from the movie. Right? Yeah, yep. yeah, and then Vader takes off his helmet as this is going on. He does. Which was interesting because apparently he does not need the armature to do it. He could take it off himself, which makes sense. Luke takes it off, so there's got to be some release switch. But (laughs) you would think that, you know, again, it's kind of like, you
2: know, whenever he's inside in, in Empire and that, whenever he's inside the little pod, and you know, his helmet comes off and that. I always kind of naturally assumed, as you know, an eight year old kid watching this movie, that he he needed to be in that ziploc bag environment because of... the going to be in a clean room. In a clean room, right? You know? And then he's just in this grummy old, you know, lava fortress, like, ah, time to take off my helmet because I'm having an emotional scene. But it is... There's something about it that is striking whenever... Because it happens so ill frequently... You know, when he takes that helmet off, you're like, oh, no, something Mm -hmm. is happening. And
1: you are only seeing him from behind. So you're not seeing the look on his face. You're only hearing it and you're getting an idea of what he's sensing and what he's going through. Now, there is one interesting moment where you hear what I interpreted as the voice of Anakin. Yes. And you hear essentially a a pained scream. Mm -hmm. I don't know any better way to describe it than that. And we were trying to figure out, or at least I was curious, is, is this coming from this... Eon engine it was? The yeah, the, your uh, hologram slash yeah, yeah, artifact, yeah, yeah. What we're seeing here in front of Vader. Or was that the voice Vader was making? Yeah. We think it came from the artifact. We don't think he actually well, sounded say, different. I, what did my, you guys think?
2: My opinion was was vice versa. I, I think especially the scream at the end. Because there's there's the you know, your hologram-ish thing happening with, with Padme. And uh, you know, oh, you know, he's having these kind of memories of of the past, um, and then he's obviously reminding himself that she had died and that he wasn't able to save her. So he's basically, you know, like you know, the the Sith version of cutting, I guess. Right? He's like, you know, he's he's like feeling these emotions all over. Oh, what I'm was hurting I? myself. Uh, so yeah, I can feel like, anything. I got feel. I'm hard. Um, but he he, it hurts, right? And so, as we've seen in Episode Three, uh, Vader likes to say no a whole lot. Uh, and no. I, th- I think, th- no, and I think that's what, I think that's what he's doing. He's just kind of like, no, nah! and cause you see the entire room kind of shake with force energy and he's just emoting. Um, and then he kind of like collects himself and, and
0: yeah, cause this thing that's allowing him to reconnect with that memory of Padme in a visceral way kind of dissipates and it makes him just furious and he's just like Padme and he mm-hmm. just cracks the ground with mm-hmm. energy So if that's the case, Mm -hmm. that voice that we
1: hear has, from my one listening of it, you know, from kind of a third party view, no robotic modulation, none of the traditional Vader sound. It is Anakin's voice. Yeah, it's was tough to I mean, say
0: if that's made clear just for the sake of the video game. So you sure. recognize it's just Anakin yeah, or is he screaming through the force and we're hearing it, you know, like, it, yeah, you know, is, there's is, a is, lot left in your interpretation. But what I really enjoyed and why I found that moment, I think it's the most profound moment in the entire game as sure. far as like, sure. like Star wars mm-hmm, Um mm-hmm. And it to me was like, oh, this is this beautiful mirroring from the end of episode three when you first he gets first put in the armor and he frankensteins up mm-hmm. and he's like where's Padme? Mm-hmm. and you're like James Earl Jones they don't have to make you say panda bear like that's silly <laughs> you know but you hear the the like the way that anakin speaks but through James Earl Jones sure right and this it felt like this very weird childish. yeah and it, yeah. this was this weird reverse where like Okay, he is the Darth Vader we know. He's the you know if this is a consular ship, then where's the ambassador cracks next? Like mm-hmm. that Vader, and just him removing that helmet and having Anakin's voice remind you of, and inside of there mm-hmm. is Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. He's still in there. Well, and it,
2: uh, you know my first, whenever I first saw you, you were playing this particular scene, whenever I saw it happen, I uh, I was really taken aback. I, I commented to you you guys, uh, I I was really taken aback about. Like, why have they not done this story before? Because it seems so obvious of all of the prequels build to the loss of Padme. And because I lost her, I will, you know, do whatever I need to do to gain power because I'll never be that weak again because he's a Skywalker. He's got problems. (laughs) Um, He's a little whiny. Um, But, you know, I'll never be that weak again. And he becomes this this uh, powerhouse. And then we kind of just drop it. We're like, Okay, well, now, you know, the well, uh, the original defeated. trilogy, he's the big bad guy. And then the end of the original trilogy, it's like, well, he's gone. And and even now with the new Star Wars, right? Um, it's neat that, you know, Kylo kind of like wants to pay homage to his grandfather. But there's no research there on, on Kylo's part. Right? It's just kind of like, I really like him because he's tough and bad. It's like, well, no, there, there's some more going on here. And they never touch right. on it. And it's kind of interesting that, like, from my perspective, what is in essence a, a kind of a neat plot point is being used uh in a virtual reality game that most people probably
0: wouldn't see won't see yeah
1: it is interesting it makes me wonder if we're going to get this story as a novelization or a comic run once it's all done we yeah. don't even know how many episodes there's yeah. going to be right. yet but it is a story that i think star wars fans would like and it's kind of too like good to enjoy yeah it's... for
2: and not not to pick on vr again we've we just talked about no, no, how no, good vr bar, is but it's
0: a high bar of entry it's a high yeah, bar adventure a for, yes for and a limited
2: use audience use
1: it for that purpose it just seems it's it reminds me of this new kylo ren comic we have coming out that mm, is yeah. apparently going to tell his origins i don't necessarily want that just in a four issue mini series <laughs> i want yeah. more i want a yeah. trilogy of novels i want a TV series. I want to really understand it. And of course, more to come. We have more parts of Vader Immortal to get to. Sure. So we'll see. We can't judge it too definitively yeah. right now.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know if I want it just, but it's just right. interesting that like what could have easily been yet another gimmick on the pile of gimmicks of the, you get to control the lightsaber. Um, there's a lot more meat on this bone than has Right to be without yeah, sounding offensive. I, I mean, know. that's exactly you know, what you mean, like yeah. this is if you're if you're at home and you're tiptoeing and you're saying, well, I like the idea of virtual reality. I love Star Wars, but you know that three hundred dollar investment's just too much. Like I would. I would question putting 300 bucks down and, and to it's, play the rest of these episodes, I would yeah, be you get it.
0: yourself some other of the really great games like beat saber and stuff. And yeah, yeah you, you really could really justify this thing. Saber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and again, I, I, I agree. Like I was impressed I, again. The one I played in the void was really interesting. It had this kind of fidelity. It was really neat, but like, it felt like what you'd expect, right? It's kind right, of right. A, a somewhat we're rebels. We put on stormtrooper armor to infiltrate an Imperial base and then we escape. like, yes. Yeah, you meet, like, people, like, uh, K2SOs all through it. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Oh, Invader's after us at the end. But, like, it feels like something that, like, you could write off of, like, oh, that didn't happen. That doesn't matter to canon. It's not a thing. Right. Yeah. right. This feels hard to ignore because the next sequence is we get out of this, like, utility tunnels and we find ourselves in, like, a big cavernous space where we find out that underneath of... um. The monolith on Mustafar, they've been excavating this giant Mm. cavernous space because there is this ancient temple underneath of it. Mm -hmm. And it's a Mustafarian holy site. And you fight some (laughs) stormtroopers and then basically take a skiff over to it. And when you get in there, this priestess that you were told to find basically um, puts her hand right up to to Mm -hmm. your head. Mm -hmm. And the whole world goes white. And then you see this beautiful handcrafted animation oh yeah where she kind of explains why you're important to this story that there's this lady corvax and lady corvax was um a friend of the mustafarian with her husband and that uh they you know they were friends to the Mustafarians. They they helped build this place that you're in, and in the end, uh, there were invaders that came to Mustafar, which was green and in a beautiful place. And these invaders came and they killed her husband, and she was distraught with like, f- you know, grief. Um, and she took this artifact of the Mustafarians, this like symbol of um, life and uh, basically what sustained the planet, called the bright star, and she builds this thing called the Eon engine, all in a bid to bring her husband back to life. And did you notice
1: that in this story, when it shows her husband being struck down, the sort of shadowy figure they show mm. definitely has a Vader-like Yeah, he's a line. big, tall, black figure. Yeah, and, and there's a flowing cape and sort of a triangle head, and with everything we've seen now in Rebels with apparent time travel, true, and what we're seeing here and what we make a potentially building up to well yeah could there be some sort of weird
0: i don't know looper terminator situation uh, where it's just well it could be time travel or it could just yeah. be the metaphor because obviously and, and that the idea makes the
1: most sense right we're I, definitely yeah. reading the tea leaves here when we start talking about <laughs> oh, some yeah. Of this stuff, oh yeah but it's because this is the first episode because we don't know is where it it's a going three episode yeah. thing is it a five episode thing is it a 10 episode thing is it Attached to a mini series later on Disney Plus, we don't yeah, know. Sure. So the possibilities right now are endless. Uh,
2: you know, and not the not the jump topic, yeah, yeah. but but you bring up time travel. Obviously, there's been a lot of you know talk towards episode um, nine or whatever number one now, yeah. and just moving forward as far as like, you know, it would be relatively easy to kind of pull the ripcord of time travel, and they could Disney could finally reset this mega property that they have, and I I really hope they don't.
1: I think that would I, I think that would be too groundbreaking to the fan base. I think Disney yeah. is more in touch than a lot of people give them credit for. Sure. sure. And well, I think any fan can find something to pick at. At the end of the day, they've given us four new Star Wars movies in four years, and Lucasfilm under George Lucas wasn't going to do that. So yeah. to me, yeah, they true. can try whatever they want because even if one piece of Star Wars property they put out isn't for me, there are a yeah. bunch of others that are, and that is. More than enough to keep me satisfied. Yeah, at least they're doing something with the property. So, I don't want a reset of the universe. I don't feel like there's a need to, say, remake the original trilogy. But, if you want to recast new actors as young Luke and young Leia and make some movies in between episodes 4 and 5 or 5 and 6 with, you know, Alden and... Yeah, we, we've broken we've broken the mold
0: that, now that we have a new actor who can be Han Solo. To be honest with you, you if know. I
1: can accept someone else as Han, I can easily yeah. accept someone else as Luke. Sure. I think Leia's is the harder one, but you've got uh, sure. someone who might be able to fill those shoes easy. Yeah, sure, and
0: and sure. um, and again, that's what this the whole. Star Wars is built around myth and so often you have these repeating storylines you mm-hmm. know the rule of two that there's a master yeah. and apprentice that are of evil and we've had a whole bunch of those in Star Wars canon over time <laughs> Like, so this story is really nice where you have Lady Corvax, uh, whose husband has died so she goes to extreme Links because turning on this ion engine we don't get closer if she actually gets her husband back yeah. or not but turning on the ion engine at least to the Mustafarian people is why Mustafar is a barren volcanic yeah. planet is it sucked all the life out of the entire planet. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that's so Anakin is like going on the quest. He's obsessed with saving his wife and he'll do anything and he would destroy a planet easy. To get her yeah. back, that kind of thing. Well, and it's
2: neat, too. You know, Ross, you had brought up a little while ago before we, we started recording here. But you had brought up, too, about the idea of how it's interesting, not just in this particular uh, video game, but in a lot of Star Wars properties more recently, they've very much been leaning more into the the mythical stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see here because we are now getting an era of Star Wars where it is not confined to one story. It's not confined to one group of characters. We can explore the galaxy as a larger entity and it makes sense. We've already got this weird mystical religion that gives people superpowers. Mm -hmm. How could there not be other weird things out there that we've only gotten hints of or haven't seen it all yet? So I like it. I like opening up the universe. I think it needs to be done cautiously and uh, sure. slowly. Yeah, sure. But I'm on board, honestly. Yeah. Seeing things like this, and you've heard me talk about it a little bit before if you've listened to some previous episodes, the newest Vader comic run, mm-hmm. the Dark Lord of the Sith run, that's mm-hmm. about 25 issues, where it actually ends at the construction of Vader's castle. Mm. Uh, it's just the material we're getting now is truly building on Vader. I, we even talked about a little bit in Rebels, Vader's just popping up everywhere. He, he's yeah, in everything yeah. now. He's touching every piece of expanded universe. We've seen him in novels now. We've seen him in comics. We've seen him in games. They're really expanding on Vader's story, which is odd because Vader's story ended in Episode Six, yeah. you know, or so we yeah. thought. So they're really well, finding ways to give us more I,
0: Vader, and I'm on board. I mm. would argue that it, it's it's it is building Vader. Anakin's story is explored the whole pot. This is just this broken shell of a man from episode three who is, you know, it's back to the, the, you know, Senator Palpatine's office where he's basically just on one knee, just going like, I'm done. I have nothing to do with my life. Everything that I've tried to do has failed. The only thing left is to save Padme and my unborn child. That is the only thing I will do. I am a slave to this guy. I'm going to... He wants me to go kill kids? Sure, I'll do it. You know mm-hmm. what? If it means my wife lives and he's the only guy who can do this, I will do anything. My soul is already sold.
2: Yes. Well, I mean, how many times after you saw the you know, uh, the prequels and that, I just remember, again, I was younger, right? But I just remember sitting in the theaters and just finally having that kind of like uh enlightened moment where you realize like he did bring balance to the force but balance isn't good or bad balance is balance right so i need to kill a whole bunch of jedi too you know and, and, and in essence if i completely wipe out the jedi and the sith that's balance
0: too right and when we right. left the theaters of episode three it was easy to interpret the idea of that oh after episode six there's no force users yeah yeah like he is the jedi are them. destroyed Luke's the last one, and he's sort of gray at this point. He's not your traditional Jedi. And the Sith have been just destroyed, so the Force is in balance. It can go any direction from here. Mm -hmm. And Um, for
1: many years, there was balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get more about that later, hopefully.
0: (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, so... We we kind of come out of this dreamlike sequence. This beautifully handcrafted. It's one of the more beautiful well, things it, I've seen in start in, in VR.
2: Yes, it was done in the the tilt brush. Is that the name of the app? Yeah, it's or it looks done, like it is. It's
0: done in definitely some tool. It, it feels like it was made in VR just because of how three dimensional it is. Yeah, it's all these hand drawn brush strokes, but mm-hmm. it's probably drawn with. You know, a cursor with, with a, a, cursor with a, a VR touch uh, controller. Sure, sure. Um, and it's beautiful. It's utterly beautiful. Yeah. And then you come out of that, and this priestess is basically saying that, you know, your mission now is you need to go and keep the bright star, this artifact, away from Vader. He'll use it <laughs> to turn on the ion engine. Mustafar can't survive that again. Mm-hmm. And Vader would become immortal, and that would be terrible. Again, with no understanding that he doesn't want to do that. He literally wants to follow Korvax and bring his spouse back to life. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, Vader comes in. Like the priestess is escorted away, yep. Vader comes in, and he's just like, "All right, you know, I'm the Force Wrecking Ball coming into the room." Your droid walks up, and is like, "Lord Vader, we didn't even know." Just grabs the <laughs> grabs the droid <laughs> by the neck, holds it, holds it like, "Spare me any of your excuses." And he walks mm-hmm. right up to you, shoves the key in your hand. He's like, "Like, open the portal. That's what you were brought here for." Mm-hmm. So you have that puzzle box. You put it in this plinth. The plinth descends into the. The floor, and then you see all these pillars around this large circular room you're in. Like you see, almost like it looks like a laser cuts through them, mm-hmm. and these droids pop out of these statues, mm-hmm. and they're I don't know, eight foot tall oh, with big. like, um, you know, much like the training droids. I was just gonna say yeah. they look
1: like a larger version of the Jedi lightsaber training droids we see. Yeah. In what later episodes of the Clone Wars? That's true. Uh, we see them. They just have these like yeah, more of, like
0: flat them. triangular heads. Yeah. That's about the only real difference, and they're well, kind of coppery.
1: Yeah, and their their staff
2: reminded me a lot of um, the the dudes who hung out with like Grievous, with the, the Magna the... Guards. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: like that except instead of purple, they're like orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that same sort of crackling, not quite lightsaber effect. You can tell there's sort of a metal shaft underneath of there, mm-hmm. but it's got that technology around it to be able to withstand lightsaber blows. Mm-hmm.
0: And so the the main uh, part of the room starts descending down this like very slow lift as these things keep pouring out of these pillars. And Chris, you actually you I got you to play yeah, you through that, that whole yeah. thing.
2: Yeah. Um so I it was very reminiscent, you know, I was able to play the training video. So now of course, now the, here's the video game thing. You know what you're doing. Go. And yeah. again, in, in a similar fashion to the entire video game, it just dumps you in there. The it, you would expect it to kind of start off slow. I I mean, this is so cheesy to say, but like I was doubly taken aback because how many action movies have you seen where there's you know here's your hero Batman's in the center mm-hmm. and there's fifty bad guys but they're gonna take their turn right you know one bad guy one at, at a time, time right? will attack know, him there yeah you know, we gotta be polite here you know <laughs> um, literally I'm standing amongst these giant. Eight foot tall droids, they're charging at you, and okay, so you're kind of like, oh, I'm gonna play the game. Here I go, and I'm gonna block this one. I'm gonna defend this one and take this guy down. And you're like, cool, I, I you know I beat one, and sure enough, Mac, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn, turn to your right, and I turn around, <sighs> and there's another one, and so I go to defend him, and then all of a sudden I get hit. You know, the screen kind of rattles, and you get this bloodshot look to the screen. And I realized, hold up, they're literally attacking me at the exact same time. Like, yeah. this is, and my, the first thought in my head is like, this isn't fair. Like This is a <laughs> video game. Like, you don't get to do this. And I was like, well, no, this is what would happen, right? Of course, they're trying to kill you. This is what they would do. And there's a certain light switch in your brain, a certain click, where like, I could feel my posture change of like, okay here we go and i start you know we're getting real uh huh you know doing my flippy i felt like zorro i'm doing these (laughs) over here and this and twirl around and 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 it was cool to again to fully
0: get engrossed and that was an interesting thing i thought was interesting about the way we we both tackled the Mm -hmm. lightsabers was um, oh my natural instinct is to hold a lightsaber like a katana like two handed um and that's just because well that's what i did when i played lightsabers when i was a kid Mm. Um, it's heavy. you got to hold it with two hands. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's so much power. Uh, and the funny thing is, so the Oculus has two, ha- they're yeah. called half-moon controllers that are basically like uh, like uh, grips you like hold. And they have doubles. little like like circles that go around the back of your hand. Yeah. And the thing about it is, like, if you grab the lightsaber, my natural thing was to put the other controller basically underneath of it and hold it like a katana, which... Kind of works, and I love the fact in the visuals of yeah. it, you can see it holding it that way.
2: Both, but both it's not a solid hands. object.
0: Yeah, sure. So it kind of breaks in your hand, so it feels a little weird. And you went—you almost need like a dowel rod in real life, yeah. Like, to on. yeah. yeah. But you went like like Count Dooku. You're just I, holding well, like love a fencing Count Dooku. foil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love you were Dooku. doing this stabbing
1: motion and then kind of swinging back and yeah, forth. Because that's some Dooku yeah, action was, right there. It was beautiful. Count <laughs>
2: Dooku, man. I I love I love Dooku's lightsaber style. Yeah. Uh, and just, I love his character too, but, um, yep. but yeah, and that's just what felt comfortable, you know, to kind of like, I, I felt a couple of times where like my other hand would either kind of go behind my back in a fencing pose or, or kind of almost up front in the idea of like, if I had another sword or another, you know, uh, uh some right, other dual wielding, mm-hmm. like I kind of want that action going on. And it's, uh, again, it's just neat because your brain takes that, that jump over what should I do? to oh god there's something attacking me i'm just going to like flail aimlessly and you kind of just go into this natural like if i was in this scenario you just act you don't think about right. acting you just act and and almost in a, a i don't want to dig too deep into it but almost in like a psychological fun game like you're talking it's fun to go back afterwards and say well, why did I, you know, hold it with one hand and and naturally go into a fencing pose, or naturally go into a katana and kind of hunker down and like, yeah. you almost kind of want to know, like, well, why? Like, why am I, I didn't the way choose I choose to do that? Yeah, like I didn't think about it. It just <laughs> when someone's throwing a sword at you, you you block it. That's
0: what you do. You,
1: you find the style that works and you go for it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
0: cool. so it's really cool because you so you you carve up like. A lot. It does go. I won't lie. There was a part of my
2: brain for a second where I was like, "I'm pretty sure the game is glitching because I have killed a lot of these things." Yeah, yeah do it feels I feels like, to do something. Yeah, the yeah, yeah,
1: About it is because while you're doing this, every time you turn, to yes. fight another droid. You're seeing Vader in the background taking out uh, two or three of them at times. Yeah,
2: which I have to add a comment. You are
0: seeing Vader.
2: I'm freaking the heck out because I have yeah. these things attacking me. I didn't even I, realize that Vader was on the screen. <laughs> like, I really enjoyed
0: the fact that that when I played it the first time, I'm with you, Chris. Like yeah. it's hard to see him. But watching you play, I'm like, oh, there he is. Oh yeah. Because you suit. see the red yeah. lightsaber, and it's great because he's like he's like grabbing one and throwing it through the other one, and then he's just like behind his back while he's doing that, just carving one up with his lightsaber. Like mm-hmm. He's Just not having this. Yeah. yeah, as you yeah. say, he's not being stressed out like you are. Yeah. But that all comes to a head because when you get to like, okay, okay, yeah, I've done like two more waves of robots than I thought. Yep. Oh crap. Here comes another one. You pick up your lightsaber and then it gets pulled out of your hands. Yep. And then you're like, what uh 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 and then you see that lightsaber uh. get spun in the air and jammed through that one that was coming through you, and it seems like the lightsaber gets destroyed or at least it turns well at off.
2: some point vader has both of them i was gonna ask at it some was point hard he has both. to
1: see but at one point we do have vader dual wielding a red and a green lightsaber yes. right yes just Which for, made you probably very happy right oh Russ? it made me very happy <laughs> very happy <laughs> that in definitely fact maybe my favorite moment
0: there's your christmas ornament just vader with t- <laughs> you know how i feel
1: about red and green lightsabers yes
0: Uh um, but he definitely either discards, yeah, turns off, uh, or I, breaks the, the yeah. green one. Because you, you don't have it anymore.
2: I guess I, I my brain just kind of
0: guessed that he he pocketed it or something. That was something, my you know. thought too, but it's, I'm sure we'll find out. It's tough to say. Yeah. But then the, his lightsaber goes out. And you can just kind of very dimly see like his control box on his chest. Yeah. And he walks towards you again. Uh, yeah. And you're uh, like, I don't even have a of, gun. It
2: is less oppressive this time. As he walked over... I thought I was up for a battle. Like I didn't know what was going to happen, but it wasn't that decisive business walk. Yeah. That was there. it was kind of a a, a saunter, if you will. Yeah. He was just kind of like, "All right, they're all dead. Hey, pal!" And you're like, "And then, okay, we're we're are we friendly? What is happening? You know?" Yeah,
0: it's his lightsaber erupts, and he's only lit by the lightsaber. Yeah, that glow. The
1: entire game, every time you interact with Vader, Mm -hmm. while you can feel his imposing presence, you know he's a threatening guy. It's no doubt, even if you've never heard of Darth Vader before, which most of the galaxy at large wouldn't have, you know he's threatening. But from what we know of Vader from six films and Mm -hmm. everything else we've seen and read and been a part of, he's not physically threatening you. I mean, he's saying he's going to. He's saying he's going to kill you. He's Mm -hmm. saying he'll let you live if you perform this task. He's saying that it's dangerous here right Mm -hmm. now. But he's never force choking you. Mm -hmm. He's never picking you up. He's never really even holding his lightsaber in your direction. He knows he needs you. He knows you're a tool based on that initial solving of the puzzle box. And it's interesting to see Vader... Need someone? Yeah, who is clearly such a non-threat to him. Yeah, sure. I really like that element because it gives your character some protection and some feeling of importance yeah. without really even knowing your character's name, knowing anything about them. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was well done for a twenty-minute for twenty-minute 20 yeah. story. Experience. I yeah. mean, what I was able to feel for these
0: characters the attachment i was able to feel i was very surprised yeah and and vader's whole speech there at the end is like complimentary he's like yeah. you acquitted yourself well i sense a latent forceability about you yeah. and then he like literally like almost leaves. encourages you with these he's like like you know you must learn to oh, master sure. the ways of the force we, you will need the force on the path that lies ahead. Mm-hmm. And he turns around; his lightsaber goes off, and then the whole screen goes black, and that's the end of episode mm-hmm. one. Now, at D twenty three, we've sort of got the confirmation that um, yes, the 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 next episode will be out before the end of twenty nineteen, and yes, it will be involving force powers.
1: So you ready to come back to town, Chris? To I, I'm that gonna one? have to, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, to.
0: yeah. If you just yeah. want to just schedule that, right I, now. just yeah, we know pencil where it be. in right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, if it comes around <laughs> Thanksgiving, Christmas, it might just work out. You know, you yeah. never know. I can do that. But um, yeah, what do we what do we think? Like, obviously, I've played through the whole thing. There, there are some s- some great moments in there. Yeah, Chris,
1: I'd love to hear your opinion here
0: first.
2: Um, I well, I mean, we, let's let's call it what it is. We've been gushing over it for the past hour now. <laughs> yeah. uh, I true. think yeah. the, I think the answer is already there. Um, but again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I've played a handful of the games, not all of them, because again, I I do get, you know, wiggity wiggity whacked out. (laughs) Um, But it's, it is really, I'm going to take one large step back out of the Star Wars world and just talk about VR for a second. It is really fascinating how much things have changed in a relatively short amount of time and, and seeing the potential. Right, yeah. and and then having it branded Star Wars makes it all that more tantalizing, <laughs> right? You know, um, but there's a lot of potential out there to make uh, involving stories. Yes, and I think that even if uh, let's let's take a uh, a point, even if there was a um, well, you know, how many people have seen uh, you know uh, the Star Wars movies, right? You go to see a uh, Last Jedi, and people like it, people don't like it, ho hum, whatever take that exact same plot line but put me in the movie right i'm gonna have a connection to the characters in a different way because i'm experiencing it mm-hmm. right yes. um my own personal opinion i wasn't a big fan of uh the last jedi so you know mark your calendars now you can get angry at me if you want to um i know i see you grimacing you're our guest but so I... <laughs> i'm not gonna say anything negative but 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 truly, there's a different experience. I love movies. I mean, my background is in film. But there's a di- completely yes. different experience, too. Sitting and having a movie told to you yes. as opposed to engaging a film where, you know, you are this mm-hmm. character. And, and truly, again, like you said, 20 minutes in, um, you have forgotten the fact that you're playing a game. You've forgotten the fact that you're playing a character. Yes. You're just playing yourself. Yes. This is what it. You know, you're just in it.
1: Absolutely. As someone, uh, talking about myself here, who is a little bit more of a skeptic when it comes to AR and VR. Not that I don't think it's viable yeah. or that I don't think it has somewhere to go. It's just not, I think, for me, at least as in its current you know, right. incarnation, I get motion sickness uh, when I do it. Typically, uh, I think that the cost is prohibitive. You know, sure. it's, it's sure. early on. And sure. that it's is totally days. fine. None of that is a knock against it. But mm. this was the first truly groundbreaking experience I've felt with VR. And it was the first time where I said, okay, I could understand this now. I understand why Mac has spent so much of his hard-earned money on this. Sure, All of the other Star Wars things you could have with that money, right? But this is the... (laughs) Th- that Inovos helmet you've been eyeing up, that could have finally been yours, but this truly feels like you take all the other experiences, all the other games away, and you just have this one Star Wars moment, Yeah, knowing what they can build on from here yes. makes it feel truly unique. Yes, And in the world of Star Wars, where we've had so much over the last 42 years, yeah, it's impressive to feel something is new and unique i'll say this
2: i'll take a step back i remember now again i've never been huge into like flight sims or anything like that but i remember the first time i played uh i played tie fighter before i played uh, I uh x-wing way back on pc yeah. right and i remember the first time that i had played tie fighter and you know you're flying around shooting at stuff and i thought the graphics were cool at the time um but i just remember being a kid and playing this game and thinking how cool it was that you're just playing a TIE Fighter pilot, mm-hmm. you know, not a named character, not Han Solo who smuggled onto a TIE Fighter. <laughs> You're just, there you go, hop in the ship, fly away, you know. Um, and a lot of games have done that, right? You know, they had the the Force Unleashed, for or Force Awakens, what was the one uh came out um, like 10 years ago? Whatever the
1: Force Unleashed. With uh, Star with Killer. Star Killer, Killer yeah. yeah.
2: <clears throat> and so you have this kind of unnamed character who eventually, you know, rises to greatness or whatever. Um, but... But again, whenever it is a completely different scenario whenever you are in the seat, right? Yes. Whenever you are the character. So I'm not just playing... Star Killer, a, a, a video game already is going to give you that experience of just you're interacting, you're making those choices. Right, but uh, it is a very different feeling when you're in the world, when you look around. Whenever you're just putzing, right? I don't have a better way of saying it, but like whenever you're sitting there and you're waiting for the next kind of load screen, and you're just kind of looking out the window, like, wow, well, that's that's there, yeah. there. You know, I'm I'm on I'm on Mustafar. Like, what am I doing here? Oh yeah, you know?
0: looking up and seeing like a, a Star Destroyer pass over you, yeah, and looking down and seeing a planet and um, grabbing a lightsaber and having it turn on. I mean, the one thing we, we didn't, we didn't do in this playthrough was, Having a lightsaber, t- pointing it towards your face oh, and yeah. turning it on and seeing it bounce <laughs> right in your face yeah. and, and yeah. instinctually just jumping a little bit because yeah. it comes
2: right at you, like. Well, but even again,
0: little thing. the
2: one, the last playthrough, I grabbed the uh, the the wrench, right? The hydra spinner, and yeah. Hyd- and I was looking at it, and when you click the trigger, it spins like a like a hand drill mm-hmm. would do, you know. And again, it's those little tiny tidbits that they don't need to make the dumb drill spin, you know. No. Play the sound effect. Vroom, and it sounds like a drill. You don't question it. When am I ever going to look at it? But that one time I did look at it, there it was. You know, right. just sitting and waiting for you. Um, and it is. It's those small things that you it would always take for granted. Anyone would take them for granted. Yeah. Um, but it just it it really sinks you into that world. Um, and again, yeah, I'd be really curious. I have not played the the Void VR right. game down in Disney there, um, but I can only imagine that would be. Even more immersive, and I think about the fact of you know arcades have struggled, and now you have arcades, and that's a whole thing, right? Um, but uh, projecting forward, uh, things like Void VR um, would be the next uh, laser tag. Right. Right. Would be the next experiential thing where maybe I don't have not just 300 bucks for for an Oculus, but maybe I don't have an extra grand or two sitting around or just the knowledge and the know how to set up an Alienware, you know, system and have all this equipment and have all this stuff in a room dedicated. But, you know, hey, go drop, uh, you know, 40 bucks and get to be a stormtrooper for, you know, 20 minutes. Uh, yeah count me in I, i'm you know
0: here's here's my and money it's really great and, and i think you guys would even enjoy those better because they're more sophisticated rigs because they're custom made and then the other thing about it is the room is the room yeah like uh the, the the thing that they do at the end of the void that's really cool is you uh see an r2d2 unit and they basically tell you like put your hand on the r2d2 unit and you feel it and that's what you lift your visor on and then you see there's an r2d2 unit in front of you and it feels natural and it's a nice <laughs> way to come out yeah um 'Cause that's always the thing with VR. That's the probably the weirdest thing about VR that you get used yeah. to is coming out of the and we call it the rift for a reason. You go in the rift, you go out of the rift. Yeah. Of you take your helmet off and you go, oh gosh, I was pointing this direction. Yeah, you're totally uh, turned around and, and
2: discombobulated. Yeah.
0: But uh that was my first experience with VR was I I did an Oculus test demo. It's mm. what's convinced me to get a DK two oh, sure. at uh PAX. And I was sitting next to a person, he was right next to me on like a like a couch, and we were playing this game inside the thing. And his character was in a seat in the game to like 90 degrees to my side and pointing it in. So we're like at an L shape from mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And when I took my helmet off to like, oh, that was really cool because it was a competitive game. where You're like using game controllers that use these little action figures that are fighting each other. I was like ready to congratulate him. And I looked where he was in VR sure. sure. and he wasn't there. And I went, oh. And I'm like, <laughs> I want that. Yeah. I want to be so immersed. I've forgotten what the real world looks like because mm-hmm. I'm so recalibrated to the VR world.
1: I, go for it. Oh, I was just gonna say we're then a hop, skip, and a jump away from surrogates. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, surrogates. Um, the Bruce Willis classic. That
2: was a. It's a good movie. It's just too actiony. Um, it would have been better as just a commentary just on a, social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. It had a lot to say. And it then did. They just, <laughs> then they just wrapped it up with some some shoot 'em ups. But. Um, no, but you know it's almost uh, Mac. Not as a diss on your uh, on your room here. It's a very nice room. I don't want to pick on your apartment, but but there, but, <laughs> but there is something about like when you take after being in this, you know, a uh, uh, Jedi temple or Sith temple or whatever. You know, <laughs> you take off your headset and you're like, oh, shoot, there's just. Uh... Just these beige walls, huh? Like, yeah. I don't see any giant temple, you know, artifacts on the wall. I'm a little bummed out, man. Uh, look down I on you
0: like, a... where's my lights here, my Hydra yeah. spanner? I just yeah. they were just there.
2: <laughs> but you're right. There is uh a, a, first there's the obvious discombobulation of, of not knowing where you're at, uh disorientation, but but it is like your brain wants to accept it. Yeah. Your brain is yeah. ready to accept it. It's filling in and, those gaps. It's yes, making it make sense. Yep, and you're not doing it. Like that's the weird part and, is it's
0: just happening. And while there are some moments like climbing ladders and stuff that I know are, yeah. are traditionally disorienting for a lot of people, the one thing I will say is there's a lot of comfort modes in this game. Like so, there's like oh, the sure. basic comfort mode that we had on that I had to turn off because I'm 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 too used to VR now. I'm used to its quirks, but like they just skip the ladders, so you don't have to have to do that. Like so, you can tune this down quite sure. a bit to make it more. Um, friendly to uh, first experiences. Yes.
2: Well, and I think also the fact that people are aware like, hey, people do have vertigo, people do have motion sickness, people do have these things and instead of being like, well, we'll just hammer through, you know yeah. it doesn't take much to to soften the blow you know, and, oh, and uh, I know, Mac, we've talked about it before, but just like I am sure I can imagine, whenever they first introduced an automobile and, you know, great-great-grandma sits inside of it and they go 10 miles down the road, she probably had, you know, a heart attack, freaking out. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. That was grandma, by the way. Yeah, and, yeah oh, God, I, I, it was, was good. spot on. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. But you... Uh, <laughs> But I'm sure at the t- you know after you go down the road a couple times you get used to, okay this is what mm-hmm. it feels like this is what it is and I can say even for myself I remember uh, maybe two years ago was the first time I did anything virtual reality related mm-hmm. and um, other than being a kid and trying it once at Disney what you know years ago whenever like innovations was a thing <laughs> R I P innovations um <laughs> but um but I I you know it was clunky and it was cool that like it existed but it was definitely like uh, you know kind of like. Trying my best not to squint my eyes inside of the the headset, waiting to get that motion sickness feeling, and like yeah. I, I'm gonna close my eyes up just you know, and it's amazing just for myself. In a matter of two years of randomly playing, because I'm only getting to play whenever I'm up here with Mac, um, but being able to test drive a couple things, and all of a sudden, what would have wigged me out before, now I just kind of close my eyes for two seconds and I'm I'm okay. Like I want to get back into it, you mm-hmm. know, like oh, hang on, and yeah, okay, let's keep going, right? Yeah,
1: yeah for someone like me who's not a huge gamer. Sure. for the most part i sure. pretty much play the new star wars games that come out a uh, new pokemon <laughs> game here and there if naughty dog makes a game i'll be there as long as it's not about zombies mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for the most part i don't i don't play a ton of games uh other than pokemon go i do play a lot of pokemon go but <laughs> anyway it's nice to have a story to get into here yeah it's sure. nice sure. to have something other because the vr appeal is amazing yeah. even if it's not something for you if you're not a uh, True believer like I am at the moment of something that this will be in everybody's home. You know, I do yep. think it will right. remain a niche for a long time. It is, yeah. it is here. Yeah. It is yes. ready. It is usable now, and it's not that expensive. No, I mean the for games what it you're is, getting no. for you know three hundred and twenty-five dollars, let's say, basically, yeah, is awesome. Yeah. I mean, the only difference is that they're short. You know, it's it's short. 20 well, it's twenty-five still, minutes, yeah. and that's of course fine. Because I think that's really what you need. You need these yes. small doses. Yeah. But it's just yeah. amazing to see where the application can go yeah. now that I've seen a true state-of-the-art experience.
2: Well, and not to get on a, a, a side tangent talking about the history of video games, blah blah blah. But look at you know, look at Atari, right? Your old you know Atari twenty-six hundred kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and and that really wasn't that long ago, right? and those games were incredibly simple mm-hmm. they were the equivalent of your kind of 15 20 minute spurt even though they were obviously geared and designed to be played forever you they know have pong that replayability, goes on and on, right? exactly exactly but but like you know your pong your your battle tanks whatever pick a game adventure um they're not long games you know i, I went back the other day i was playing Most a speaking, uh, yeah. right i was playing a rom of I don't know which one it was, some, some NES game. I don't remember which one it was, uh, say Castlevania or something. Sure. And of course, it's a ROM, so I have the little rewind button, so I don't ever have to actually die. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm playing through, oh, Ghosts and Goblins, because that one I did die a lot.
0: You need the rewind you button. You need the rewind that.
2: button. So I was playing Ghosts and Goblins. Um, I got through the entire first, because technically you play it twice through, but I got through the entire first playthrough in like 20 minutes. Right yep. Now, again, obviously, in the real game, you don't have the rewind button, you don't pause, and I'm cheating, right? But I just thought about, like, as a kid and growing up in the 80s, like, shoot, this game would have taken me... I, I never have really gotten to the end, right? Yeah, it would have yeah. taken me a millennia to beat this game. Being able to sit down and knock it out, the game itself is actually only, like, 20 minutes long. And then I pause and I think about it, what we just played, which is about 20, 20 minutes million, long. Yeah. And I'm thinking, that's where we are right now, right? Again, graphics yeah. are different, equipment is different, but we're at the kind of NES... Mm range. Yes. We're just about that, to know, take
1: that step into popularity.
2: Popular where well, again, do you think back to the you know, your Atari versus your NES. A lot of families had an Atari, but not everyone, right? They yeah. weren't ubiquitous. Yep. A good amount of people had NES. Pretty much by the time the Super came out and, and then started to split and you had your Sega and all these other companies. Yeah. Um that's where it became kind of a household thing where maybe not every household had one, but you definitely had a friend that had a video game system. You right. know
1: right. what I mean? Um and that's where we're getting yeah. to so how long until we reach the the Wii level of saturation where my grandma is watching her cooking sure. shows and yeah VR and oh that know, be that, cool. that kind of thing get I mean, to like actually walk up and look point? around and I will say
0: yeah. the the quest well, is definitely the f- next step on this this is like the NES revision two sure because while it's not as good fidelity yeah. and not as good technically as my Rift is the usability. The fact that there's yes. no calibration, you don't need to set up a room for this. You yes. don't need to have a dedicated gaming rig to power it. Like, it's just all on that one headset. You put the headset on, it works. I guess we yeah. should have included the
1: <laughs> the computer you
0: have as part oh, of the cost. Oh, yeah. That's I true. guess we, yeah, really we should have we talked didn't. about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, is run on? the Rift asked for a lot at the beginning. The Rift is, if you bought a current gaming machine right now, you'll probably be fine. You probably don't need to do anything special to get it ready to be gotcha. running the Rift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because as gaming machines now are like running 4k games. Like the rift isn't asking much of it now, like three or four years ago when I got the rift. Yes. I had to kind of buy a computer for it. Now,
2: if I, if I bought that quest one, that's a little cheaper. Does that still run through the PC? No,
0: it's, it's all self-contained, <sighs> which is why the fidelity isn't as sharp. Um, it's, I think roughly like two thirds, the resolution, for instance, uh, but, but for people who want to play Beat Saber, want your, to play, generic play kind of the things. generic stuff and even play experiences like Super like hot. it came out on Vader Immortal came out like a month and a half earlier mm-hmm. on the quest than it did mine. Oh, wow. Um, so it was definitely meant for that. And so that's a big thing. So like I said, if that's that's what you're interested in, that, that would be the direction I would point most people into unless you really want to get all the way down the rabbit hole. But yeah. honestly, find a me find that friend yes. who already bought in <laughs> well, and try yeah. it if before you go all the way in the rift. Cause the rift is a bit of a commitment. You are, there's still some beta testing that like, there's some problem solving. You have to do not more than any other gaming rig stuff, but like, well, and that, that price point, that price point is a matter, right? You know, again, using the
2: analogy of the NES or the, you know, when does grandma get the weed kind of thing? The weed was successful for two reasons, right? Uh, well, I'm sure more than two. But the, we we was successful for two reasons that I'm gonna articulate. Super Mario Galaxy um, one and two. Super Mario Galaxy one and two. That was yeah, good those game. were the two reasons. Um, but of course, you had the ease of use, yeah. right? You mm-hmm. just pick up the clicker and it works, right? And then two, the price point it, compared yes. to all the other powerhouse game systems. PS, you know, three or four, whatever time, whatever, wherever yep. we are. um it was, it was, you could go pick one up. Yes. Right. And so again, like you're saying, the quest is this step. Maybe it's not all the way there, but it's definitely the step in the right direction of you could just go pick one up. And really at this point too, I would say most, uh, most Americans, uh, uh, for the most part, again, I'm, I'm, using a very large generality here have at least had the air quotes, VR experience of put the cell phone inside of the dongle you yeah. bought at Walgreens <laughs> and stick it Cardboard. to your face. Yeah. You know, um, again, that's not true VR, but most people understand the concept right? Grandma yes. understood that video games were a thing. So when she picks up the dongle and she goes to bowl, she understands that like, this is not a real bowling ball. She understands what it a is. video game right. is. Most people comprehend virtual reality. Yes. Like is it a thing that exists? I put the goggles on, I'm in the world. Yes. They do not comprehend what we just experienced playing the video game. Right. That is a, a game that sucks you in. That Teleporting is you
0: that... to a different world. Yes. 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 And I mean, and and just to wrap this all up, I mean, I think the most exciting thing to me as a, a VR nerd who has been into this world for five, six years now, uh, the most exciting thing to me about Vader Immortal is that it will continue. Sure. That that wasn't a one-off. Yes. That yes. that is, I'm going to get more of those in the future, and that they're really pushing hard. Like Disney and ILM are making authentic full-bodied, no compromise Star Wars experiences for
1: yes. this. Yes. Yes. It's how you get the people that aren't you, Mac, into yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. It's what sure. it's there for. It's yep. a draw. It made me interested. I mean, yep. you know how excited I was to see this today and yeah. Yeah. I was scared to death to play it, but <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> yes. And yes. it was great. Yeah. It was great. I mean, there's really nothing else to say about it. I think it was great.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. Well, with that, let's wrap this topic up and we'll move on to our next one.
2: All right, so we are back, and I have to tell you, I am tired of talking about the stuff that you guys want to talk about, all right? Oh. <laughs> this, is, this is my show now, right? I'm the captain. <laughs> I'm the captain here. Uh, so from here on out, uh, we're talking about my topic. Now, my background is in the, uh, the visual arts. Uh, I'm a, a professor at a college, and I, I teach drawing, painting, and all sorts of cool stuff. And I will tell you, if you've met me in person, you know how fashionable I am. And by fashionable, I mean I basically wear the same thing every day of my life. Um, But I do want to talk about fashion. I want to talk about art design specifically because we're just talking about, you know, a little bit of uh, Vader love. Um, And so I want to talk about Vader specifically with you guys. Get kind of your take not on the man, the myth, the legend, but uh, but his duds. I want to talk about his his garb. I want to get into that a little bit.
1: So, all right, all right. So let me ask a couple of clarifying questions here. Okay. We're talking about specifically the look, the final product, or are we talking about how we got here from the Macquarie concepts on? Um, I mean, all
2: of the above is the answer. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, just kind of the, um, the the look, the feel, what got us to, yes. to Vader aesthetically? Because he is such an empowering force, not just in the Star Wars world, yes. but in the film world. Right. When you think of, you know, big monolithic, the penultimate villain. villain, Right. And just like the story of Star Wars based on, you know, Joseph Campbell's, uh, 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 hero of a thousand uh, faces and the, uh, the monomyth. Right. Um, you cannot separate the monomyth from Vader and Vader is, like you said, this penultimate villain. So what made Vader aesthetically the penultimate villain that you you could have never heard of Star Wars before? But when you see him, like you said, when you see him, you know he is an oppressive force. He is someone yeah, yeah. out for blood. Um, why is that so stylistically important? And then if you want to springboard just a hair, um, why do the villains look so much cooler than the heroes in
1: everything ever? ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we can get into that. Let's start... Alright, we see Vader. So, our first experience with Vader, for most people, is a movie theater. You have this ominous music, these ominous sounds. You see Mm -hmm. all of these troops uh, getting hunkered down into their fighting position, ready to go. We don't know what's coming. And then all of a sudden, this door, we see some sparks. uh, This explosion. The door flies inward, and all of a sudden, this smoke. Stormtroopers come through. Blasters firing. Rebels are going down. It's An intense scene. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what it was like in 1977. Right. You've just gotten through the opening crawl. You've seen these two incredible ships pass overhead, so the atmosphere is already thick. Sure. And here you have, in this stark white hallway, these white armored villains, uh, these white and blue colors of these what we presume are the good guys at the moment, you know, we don't
0: know at this point, but well, they have faces, so they must be, they must
1: be good, right? They don't look like robots. So then you see this black hulking figure, can't even get through the door, has to hunch
0: over. He's So big. Big. Yep.
1: And it's terrifying. (laughs) Now for me, I had a little bit of a different experience because I first saw Vader in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Sure. My first experience was the VHS home copy in about 95 ish. I've been trying to, get my parents to solidify this date because I was a child. I don't remember super well, but it was the THX VHS uh, version. Yeah. And, uh, That's the good one. The video store was out of A New Hope, so my dad ran an Empire Strikes Back as the first Star Wars movie to show me. I didn't know anything about it. Yep. Maybe I had asked about it, seeing a Vader on a backpack or sure, you know, something like that. I don't know, or but something. Sure. at this point, I hadn't experienced it yet. And so he brings home this movie... I'm seeing the the box art, mm. which is the Stormtrooper. So to me, that is the villain sure. I think we're going to be seeing. Right. To me, that seems like the big character. You have the walkers on there a little bit. You're seeing these elements that I know nothing about. Yeah. And Vader at the beginning of Empire, while you feel he's threatening, it's nothing like his introduction in A New Hope. Oh, it, no. Well,
2: in Empire, he's just... I think they... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say... The first time we see him in Empire, he's just strolling through the, the ice uh, uh, cavern. Before
1: that, he's on the bridge, right? Oh, okay. Isn't he on the bridge with the probe droids? Yeah, you start with there?
0: him. You start with realizing that Lord Vader is the worst day manager ever, <laughs> as he's just constantly killing his subordinates. He's, yeah. you know, the whole thing was adding his mystery to Empire, because you see, you now know, oh, the helmet opens. Sure. You know, oh, you see yeah. that he has the meditation yeah. chamber. And that's all. You Vader. see. That's yeah. all. That's sure. all, Just to Sure. Uh, We're not
1: that bad of Star Wars fans. <laughs> I'm
0: trying to think, what is the first scene of him? Is is he,
1: it's on, so it cuts down from, right. I I didn't watch this today, but mm-hmm. it cuts down from the opening crawl, and it cuts into space. Yeah, and we see the star destroyer launching all of the oh, probes. The right? sure, sure. And does it Correct. not then immediately cut to the bridge? Yep. And you have, I think Vader? it does, but I
0: think it's just it there. Is it? No, cuz I think Vader gets involved when he, he when they tell him like like there's something uh the whole system's um uh, but it's a remote planet. It couldn't possibly be like no, that is the planet. Mm. Um but let's 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 train it in cuz I mean, my well, first experience with Vader was Return of the Jedi, which is I think the softest way you could ever meet the guy <laughs> cuz when I saw Empire and New Hope for the first time, I'm like, "Oh, that's that's Luke's dad." <laughs> I've seen him. Yeah. He's pasty under there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's not uh, all that impressive. Um,
0: But I think, like you (laughs) said, in 77, dear God, like, because he's he's already powered by, like, two motifs that are extremely in the consciousness of Americans at the time. Yes. One, black, all black. Everyone who is, you know, a teenager or older in 77 has been raised on Westerns and knows the black hats are bad and the white hats are good.
2: Yep right black leather jackets of the 50s and all that
0: yeah and, and and then he is summoning also a primordial thing in western culture of he's the black knight the yes. armor clad ebony warrior who is hulking and huge and you can't see a square inch of skin on him he is just this living suit of armor
1: mhm mhm
0: and when he walks, like you said, I, I think it's a nice touch that he has to, you know, David mm-hmm. Prowse has to duck into the room mm-hmm. because the stupid stormtroopers didn't burn a hole big enough for him. <laughs> Someone will pay
2: for they that. They got through just fine.
1: Yeah, um they were only thinking about themselves. I'm sure they paid for it later. Well,
2: but you got to think about that look, right? Okay, so, so pretend for a moment. I know this will be hard. You guys are obviously uh-huh. fans of Star Wars. You have your own podcast. Um, <laughs> but pretend for a second that you do not know Star Wars. Okay. Okay. You've, you've lived under a rock your entire life. Yeah. We've just, you know, found your rock. We've welcomed you into society. We said, by the way, uh, watch this movie. Right. So, like you said, not only do we know that he's large and impressive because he has to duck to get in the door, but just think about the look, the aesthetic for a second. So, yeah. black on black on black on black. Just right. Just a, just a living civil silhouette. Uh, a living silhouette. This, this helmet that is both shiny and broad kind of helps uh, extend and kind of broaden the width of his already massive Mm -hmm. shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of flows down in, right? So you don't even see a neck,
0: right? Right. There's
2: there's not even a neck. You don't even know this. Is this a head? What is this thing, right? Then you have your linebacker shoulders, Mm -hmm. right?
0: That heavily armored plate Heavily armored
2: plate kind of shoulders. And then at least on your initial uh, inspection, right? Then just cape straight to the ground. So he's, in essence, just this box of a human. And all you see on the, you know, you see the chest with the, the button panels mm-hmm. and the, the belt with the buttons and everything. So we know that there's some kind of robotic thing going on. But maybe is it an augmentation? Is he a robot himself? And, and no face, right? Right. Um, right? Again, at least at the very first part, he's walking through kind of the smoke as they're shooting and everything. And so you don't really have any, anything to go on. He is a huge silhouetted thing that isn't even human right right it's not even this human silhouette at least the stormtroopers are armored humans right? right
0: we feel that they're troopers they're troopers
2: right they're they're you know in especially their... with
0: because they don't have computer boxes on nope. them so there's nope. no obvious roboticness to them
2: well and even just the way the, the stormtrooper armor is made right and i'm sure you guys could do a whole another episode just about that we could um well, we, sure will. we will the, yeah right and right, invite the 501st over they'll talk yeah um but you think about, like, that armor, right? And I always heard, the, the at least the rumor, I don't know where I heard this from, but the, the idea was always that, you know, they're they're kind of shiny and pristine and white on the outside, but they have that kind of black underneath, right? So the they're, like, armor, secretly yeah. the bad guys. But they're going to look mm-hmm. all nice and squeaky clean. Oh, yeah. Whereas Darth Vader is just, he's the bad guy, right? But you can see their hinges. You can see that there's a person wearing this armor for the stormtroopers.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I see what, you what you're know saying. What
2: I mean? Because yes. Vader has that kind of padded leather uh, jumpsuit that he's in. Yep. You don't know where the armor ends and he begins.
1: Especially, I think, too, with the with the audio choices made for sure. the Stormtrooper design. Sure. They, you hear screams when they're shot. You hear their voices yeah. don't sound as strong, as robotic. The cadence they speak with is more human than Vader right. is. And since we're meeting them all together for the first yes. time, yes. while they don't feel 100% human... They feel more human than Vader does.
2: Well, and even you know later on in New Hope, uh, you know a, a couple minutes later, whenever they're hunting down uh, Princess Leia and they turn on you know guns on to stun. like you said, whenever the stormtroopers are talking to each other, you have this walkie-talkie effect, right? You know, they click, they talk, yes. unclick. Whereas Vader, you know, again, uh, ignore the breathing for a second, which I know is a huge aspect to hard what to makes him. Yeah. it's hard yeah. to do. But it, just like you're saying, just the cadence of his speech, there is no click. There's no walkie-talkie. It's just That's James Earl Jones in there. yeah i mean like (laughs) he's just hanging out like he's just talking there's no like uh hello is this thing on like none of that right it just it's just james earl jones you know and so so then again like you say you you have to question well is this is this a walkie-talkie or is this is is just is Is he a robot like what is going on with this thing and i think the
0: other things i I think of just when you visually striking is so okay so he's an opposing warrior just because he's tall and everything he's clad in armor yep There's a regalness to him because he's got this flowing cape. Totally, And the way he walks through that hallway, he's like looking down at the dead soldiers like, let's continue. Like, he's totally unfazed by it. He's in a firefight and he's like walking with his hands on either side of his belt. Like, he does not care. Well, and how many times, if you made the same exact movie
2: today, right? There would be three or four fans on set. His cape would be blowing in the wind majestically. This cape is hanging off of him it is straight down to the ground yes. mm-hmm. right and again when i think about regal right when i think about kings and queens and that i think of these heavy woolen he crushed oh, a velvet, wait, crushed like ve- the perfect thing right? to talk about yes right it's heavy it's thick this is not some wispy piece of cotton Right. This th- maybe this thing's got metal in it, and it can deflect, you know, yeah. laser blast. You don't know, right? But yeah. it's it's just draws him down to the ground. And then of course, then we got the big biker boots, right? The the kind of German, <laughs> yeah. you know, riding boots. Riding boots, yeah, because um, they come up all the way up the all entire the way up shin. The top. And then the little tiny like knee guard thing going on. Again, it's just armored, but it's not. I would say the stormtrooper is more traditionally armored, right? Uh, uh, like a You knight, see all the plates. The you can plates, see all the right. Vader, again, with the the quilting that's going on, it is, it is again, you said Regal. It is a uh, a king who <laughs> happens to wear armor, but never enters into the fray of battle, right? You know, there's this quilt and there's this, you know, leather. Yeah, you know, that's what's interesting that sense, is you know? he
1: looks less protected than he does. a stormtrooper. He does. I mean, he doesn't look... He's got that big chest piece. Sure. Which is right? obvious. But sure. beyond that, it doesn't feel like he's as suited for battle, but... Without you seeing him do anything. I mean, yep. obviously, in a moment, yep. he's about to chill that oh, yeah, yeah. guy. But <laughs> before that, you just know he's imposing. Yeah. Everything about that shot yeah. comes together perfectly. Yeah. And it's. What makes a new hope so great is oh, yeah. that yep. opening sequence is truly perfect.
0: So arresting. Just so grabs you. Yes, yes. And like you said, when you choke him, when you get to choke him out, we learn just the next little pieces about him, which is one of like, we see just how powerful his arms are. He's lifting this guy. Yeah, like you see a good, like two feet yep. off the ground yep. Yep. and just his posture is unnatural. Like yeah. his legs are just square sitting yeah. next to each other. There's just, no like leaning into that yeah. or anything. It doesn't look like he's taking any effort to raise this guy up mm-hmm. and then he just tosses him to the side yep. and turns around to his subordinates is like, like tear the ship apart. I want this found. Like we find he has this anger to him, but we also just find a, that is what he does every day, mm-hmm. all day long. It's
1: his old hat for Vader. Yeah. Yep. He's done this. Uh, yeah.
0: Choking yep. out people as we learn in empire <laughs> is just his hobby. Yeah.
1: I do have one little amendment here. So we were all sort of circling around the drain of being <laughs> correct so it does open, pans down from the crawl into space. We see the Star Destroyer shooting out the probe droids. And then we have 20 minutes of Hoth. So we see no. nothing on the bridge. <laughs> oh. But when we do cut back to space, to the establishing shot of the Star Destroyers, Vader's Super Star Destroyer for the first time we're yes. seeing here, yes. it cuts to Vader. So the okay. scene, oh. the reveal, is the back of his helmet looking out at that star oh. field. And now that I'm saying it, oh, I'm sure we can yeah. picture totally it. picture it, yes. We were right. I was just 20 the minutes time's, early. Yeah. We did not see any Imperial before we see Vader. It's just a little later in the movie than I well, remembered. Well, and in Empire... So I'm I, sorry. I, I definitely. You're good. I, what I think no, of... I'm apologizing to everybody else out there who's... Empire is their favorite movie and they know it. And the they've been screaming scene. this at us well, for the yeah, last. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> I hate when other podcasts do that. So I need to give that amendment now. But it,
2: okay. uh, the scene that I remember from Empire was him just walking through those ice hallways. And it's not really that impressive. It's kind of a wider shot. You kind of see yeah. his height in comparison to Stormtroopers. And he's still taller, but he's not this force that you have seen, you know, and in, what in A New Hope. And what I think is because most you know there too
0: is to echo New Hope, yes. which is the fact of by the time Vader's here, the rebels have lost. Sure. Hoth is completely sure. toast. It is just like the tentative for Like, you're done. By the well, time Vader, like the king, by the time the king gets to you, you mm-hmm. have been crushed to death because they're not going to let the king come through yes. unless the room is clear. Unless it's
2: all good. Well, and so let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stake here and say, I'm going to give the, the, you know, George Lucas and all the, the creators of Star Wars and that uh, the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Empire humanizes Vader from the get-go which you need yeah. to do to get to the end of uh, uh, Empire. Because yes. imagine if you have this dark, imposing figure in, in A New Hope, and at the end of A New Hope, they're like, oh, by the way, that weird robot demon thing that you saw earlier? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just a pasty white dude who may or may not be your dad. Like, <laughs> well, Right? I mean, like... So
1: many modern movies. We're, we're finally getting to a point now here in, to date us a little bit in 2019 uh-huh. Uh-huh. where we're seeing these Marvel movies. We're seeing all of these stories where... The villain is more important. The development of the villain is important. And so much of that started with The Empire Strikes Back. That was one of the first times that I can ever recall, just from a a dating standpoint, of having a villain who you were meant to care about a little bit. Even though he scared you. Even though he was hurting your heroes. Even though he was doing really bad things. As you learn more about him? you learn to like him a little bit more. And that makes well, him, he would never be the icon he is today without his full character arc. Without sure. his redemption.
0: Sure. And I think the thing you're saying is like, why do villains always get cooler stuff? Well, because <laughs> we naturally are going to hate the villains for what they do and what they do to our characters, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we need something to hook the audience on wanting to know more about the vi- villain. And I think aesthetics are just a great way of... Why, like you just said, like, why has he got a cape? Why is he in armor? Does, does he need that mask to breathe? Do, why does he have a scuba mask? And like, why does it make this sucking sound? And mm. I think all of that is because you're interested. You're fascinated by him. You haven't necessarily made a moral decision about him. And your decision is going to be, he's a monster. He's just killing people. But that visual arrest, that just fascinated. I want to know more about him. How did he sure. fall? How did he become this? Sure. Is what we cling to our villains on whereas with our heroes we're rooting for them our villains were rooting against them but we want to know what got them here what got what, them here why
1: are they the way that they are why are and they so Vader, cool that starts with his look not his actions right. absolutely his actions followed up very quickly but it's sure. the look first and it's foremost. the look first well and uh, mac with what you were saying i, I agree
2: with it Right, agree yeah. with it, but I kind of want to expand and dig a little d- bit deeper, more uh, philosophically or theoretically, okay. um, as far as why the bad guys in general get to look cooler. Right? Um, I kind of feel like uh, in most media, the villain gets to look cooler because bad things are tempting to us. Right. The um, dark
0: side is quicker.
2: The dark side. So- well, but imagine if the more good seductive. guy looked cool, acted cool, was perfect. Uh, first, there's no character growth there, so that's boring. Um, but two, it's like we live life every day, right? And not to get yeah. on a high horse or anything, we live life every day. Clearly, the 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 easy choices, the tempting choices, are the wrong ones, right? Right? You know what I'm saying? And so, if you make the good side, you know, the, the light side, the Jedi's in this case, tempting, if you make it look like cool and everyone wants to, everyone wants to be a Jedi. It's the coolest. Um, we tend as humans to go well that's not how it is in life like the candy bar is much tastier than the the than the, salad, uh, the vegan yeah. salad right or you know um like that's just life right well it's so, more seductive it's more seductive so this this mysterious person who looks cool has all the cool gadgets you know, well, um, has all the cool garb, has spent the money to buy the nice wardrobe, you know. Oh, and, and I think that's where Luke you get that. like, rags. Well, yeah. I think that's where you get
0: the payoff. Luke's in this, like, tan-like, you know, like, desert BDU uniform yeah. form on Bespin. He's wearing he's a sack. He's wearing a sack. I'm talking, when he finally meets Vader in person to fight him on Bespin, he's wearing just this, like, normal kind of like, you know, I just came from a jungle planet, like, expedition clothing, and I'm about to fight this guy who's like a head taller than sure. me. And he's perfectly straight. I'm like down in this crouch pose, ready to fight him. And we have already seen Vader. We've already seen him. And she's like, kitty, you're just going to destroy you. Yep. The only reason I think you have a chance is because you're the protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> the story
1: dictates you have to live. And they've already set it up that you might not. Mm. If this
0: was happening, the Coruscant odds on this would be, or the Narshada odds on there this would go, be just, you you're toast. You're toast. A hundred to one. So,
2: so let's get, okay, back on topic then, right? So, so Vader's look, right? His yeah. look, his, his, his aesthetics. Um, so there's a lot of stuff I'm sure many Star Wars fans already know. So we'll get the basics out of the way, right? So you've got the obvious connections to World War II across the board, right? Yes. The, the dog. Stormtroopers. Uh, the stormtroopers. Yes. Um, Vader's helmet itself is kind of a, a combination of a, a Nazi helmet. Yeah, right? the stormtrooper, with, helmet, with the the stormtrooper helmet with the little helmet with the little And then the flaps would were extended to kind of tie in more with like samurai, right? Yes. because um, the, the the Nazi helmet itself stopped kind of like ear height and, and Vaders goes, you know, straight to the shoulders. Yes. Um so so there's those kind of links, right? Um there's a lot of other uh, World War II links, uh, particularly to the Nazis as well, because they're so impactful in our memories as as you know, modern day people. Um so you have uh the, the breather. Right, which directly ties to kind of the gas masks that would have been worn in yep. World War One as well as World War Two. Um, more yep. World War One on that one. Um, uh, the overall, just kind of again, well, leather, uh, kind of armor, uh, leather and, uh, jacketing. Again,
0: coming back. And we to don't even kind really of the think SS. about this because we know that George Lucas was inspired by Coruscant films. But like, oh, sure. To be honest, remember we fought the Japanese as Americans, oh, so they were, we have this cultural it like does link piece of that too because like especially his undergarments that that Mm -hmm. vader wears are are totally the trappings of what the jedi are aping like kimonos and sort of wrapped tunics and stuff like that yeah yes yeah well okay so
2: then you have your your connections to medieval history which we've already talked about in excess so there's just straight up armor in general Right, so your brain instantly goes to Knight in Shining Armor. Mm. There is the cape, which again we think about knights or maybe uh, monks. Right, this kind of heavy, kind of monk-like robe, um, mm-hmm. because it's not a literal cape in that in that true sense. It's not you know
0: pinned to him or something. Um, and then I think you get to like what is the last most important thing of him that we've we've kind of not hit yet is the death mask he wears. Yes, yes. I mean, he's got a skull for a face. Yeah, totally. It's, it's in our angular, modernistic well, robot skull. Yes. Yep. yep. But it's a skull. Like, he's got the big, bulbous eyes because they're the sockets. The sockets, yep. Mm-hmm. He's got no nose because on a skull, the nose ends where the cartilage starts. Yep. So it's cut off. He's got not teeth, but he's got this grill that's yeah. thickened out. So it gives you the impression of like the traditional Jolly Roger style, like top teeth. Yep. And then he's got these. Piercing, oh. cheekbones. Yep. There's yep. just like little points coming off of his face. It's, I mean, there's a reason that Darth Vader is on every Star Wars packaging pretty much ever. Yep. <laughs> there's yep. a reason that he's like recognized around the world instantly as a iconic figure mm-hmm. yep. in pop culture period. Sure. And it is because he's such a stylized vision of death.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. But you imagine like, you know you have to think about how how did no one do this before right? right how how was it at the right time the right place because really the design of vader is nothing any of us couldn't have done right if we were alive at the time again skulls are scary a uh, uh, black clad armor is scary um nazis are super scary um you know <laughs> samurai armor knights in shining they're intimidating. armor intimidating they're all regal they yeah, yeah it's again it's this hero's journey of All we're doing is taking the stuff we already know, putting it into one big pot and boiling it down. And no surprise, the thing at the bottom is absolutely terrifying. And yet no one really capitalized on it until, you know, Vader comes along. I uh, I have a quote that I just thought was kind of interesting that I think kind of sums it up a little. Um, It's uh, what George Lucas had initially described to Ralph McQuarrie. Uh, whenever he was trying to describe what he wanted Vader to look like, right? Um, and we know that George is a pretty good wordsmith, but, you know, character designer he is not. Um, and his, this is his description. A dark lord riding on the winds with an evil essence
0: about him.
1: Wow. Yeah, did you not <laughs> just go right to that design, right? With that and, well, detailed description,
0: and then the coolest thing. This is, I mean, every yeah. I think everyone Star Wars fans. Once you once you clock enough books, you you know this fun fact. But like, yeah, the the fun fact is Vader almost didn't end up the way he was. He might not have been masked. He was masked yep. because Ralph McQuarrie was just like fixated. On this one science detail, which again yeah. we stopped because lightsabers—how do they go so far? So I don't know why this <laughs> science detail got it.
2: Ralph is a pretty cool guy. But is so when, when he saw
0: when he saw it's like, oh, this guy's gonna come through this umbilical from this bigger ship to this smaller ship. Well, that umbilical might not be you know safe. So the stormtroopers have rebreathers and helmets. This guy should be in space armor.
3: Yeah,
0: and it's like once they built the space armor, like he is never coming out of that. No, that stuff never. is scary as hell. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And that's how Vader has the breathing that he has. That's why he's encased in this armor. You know, yep. that's why he is what we think of him as because Ralph McQuarrie designed a space suit. And then we never needed to leave the space suit. Yep.
2: Well, and think about all the good, you know, villains, uh, particularly in movies, but in any media, right? Um, you want that uh, going to the, the rebreather. You want that stinger, right? You want that auditory clue that something bad is about to happen, right? Um Think about you know horror movies. You have your ch- 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 and you know if you're anywhere near a lake, you're in trouble. Now I'm not going to be able to sleep. I know.
0: <laughs> dun 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 dun. Right. Yep.
2: And so, how many movies have set the villain up where there's an orchestral kind of sting? Right. You know the villain's coming. Here he comes. The orchestra knows. Um But in this case, they're just packaging it inside of the character. You know.
0: Oh a yeah. And, and for me, and you hear who. Who like gotta start with um Return of the Jedi? Like that's what Vader is, is yeah. like Luke hiding under the scaffolding yeah. of the Emperor's yes. throne room and just <sighs> Yep. I can sense your feelings. And it's just <laughs> this voice just reverberating through the room. Not and this, coming
1: from one direction, but yeah. every direction. Yep. Yeah, you can't underestimate how much the sound design. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! His, he's so
0: terrified. His breathing is basically the Jaws theme, following him it around all, <laughs> all, the the time. Time. all the time. the
2: <laughs> And yet, and then again, tie in horror movies and stuff. I'm thinking again of, of kind of a, 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 you know, Jason, Freddy kind of thing. Um, well, say, say you're Jason or you're Mike Myers, where these these hulking demonic kind of uh, bad guys that we have in our, our horror movies, mm-hmm. they they walk around, right? Mm-hmm. They they don't run. Mike Myers never runs. Right. They just walk. And same thing in in yeah. Jedi, even though the sound fills the room, even though the breathing fills the room, you know, he's just clumping around somewhere. Right. Yeah. Because he doesn't have he's to run. He's a Frankenstein run. monster. He's a Frankenstein's he's... monster. Right. It's the same exact thing. I don't need to run. I'm just that good.
1: Which is terrifying. Which in is every terrifying. Medium. Like yep. you said, yep. every horror movie, when the villain is not, when you know there's no chance because they're not even trying. They're yeah. Not breaking they're not even, yeah, they're not even breaking they're a sweat. For... Yep. Vader never feels threatened. Yep. And you know he is one bad dude well, from the word go.
2: Well, again, up yeah. until up until Jedi, whenever you know at the very tail end, whenever he's kind of fighting back with the Emperor, and you hear him, you oh, know, his, so his arms he, been cut off. His arms off. been cut. off. Yeah. Right? At that point, we start to hear the wheeze of the <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, we start, you know, an Empire a little so bit good. whenever he's fighting Luke, but you start to hear his breathing well, pick up a little bit. But really, until then, like you said, he literally never breaks a sweat. And it's armor. The guy should be sweating. He has
1: to. So I mean. We see him take that shot to the shoulder yep. and then immediately hands it. Yep. He's like, nope, okay, not playing around anymore. This was more serious than I took it. It's over. Yep. You know, he, he puts Luke down so quickly when he's trying to yeah. Yeah. that it's just that reinforcement. And at this point, we're two thirds of the way through our story. And this guy, there's still no touching him. Yep. Yep. And that they just keep building. It's not this steady decline. Yes. You were more terrified of Vader at the end of Empire and I think you are ever yeah. right Yeah. because now you've seen what he can do even more so.
2: Well, at, at the end of Empire, you, you realize he is human and he's still terrifying. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Because we still haven't really given him a, a face, right? right? He still has the skull face. He, we know there's human under there. At the end of, of A New Hope, we're still not 100% sure if this is a human, right? Right. At the end of Empire, at least we know, okay, all right, so he's Luke's dad. Luke is a human. Ergo, there's someone inside that suit. Mm-hmm. But... That's still, that's where most horror movies and most action movies start is there's a human in the suit, but who could it be? Booga to booga, booga. You know, that's where
0: star Wars starts halfway through its story. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so good. Fascinating. It's I, fascinating. And you're, I, I really appreciate you bringing this topic of just talking about the, the look and how much importance this has. Cause again, Vader's the most important icon yeah. of not just this movie franchise. You know, it's, Star Wars as a whole rotates. Uh, Sci fi as this. a whole. I mean, I mean you could go just, out. Yeah. Just yeah. remember Force Awakens. We're like, well, it's the new star. And then you see the Melted Mask of and You're like, oh!
2: It's the, yeah. This dumb, melted hunk of plastic is still breathtaking. And and really, it's still
0: scary. It's still yeah, scary. It still has this presence in the room of like, oh, crap. You went to Endor and you found that. You weren't supposed to. And of course it didn't burn all the way. It's too powerful it's too to powerful. burn all
2: the way. I, I, uh, <laughs> I have my own personal feelings a little bit towards like Kylo Ren, and, and that's a, a discussion for another day. But look at his character that I think they don't explore nearly enough. But his character yeah. is all about trying to mimic, you know, his grandfather. And yeah. what does he mimic the easiest <laughs> is his outfit. Yeah. Is the external personification of this evil, you know, monster. And so, Mm -hmm. well, Vader had a helmet. I'll go make my own completely missing the reason as to why Vader had the helmet in the first place. Right. (laughs) You know, because again, Kylo's Kylo, but, um, (laughs) but, you know, again, that's, that's the easiest thing to gravitate towards, you know, is that, that look. And I think that's what permeates still to this day uh, for Star Wars fans across yeah. the board, right? If you're going to get a tattoo, if you're going to get a, uh, you know, <laughs> anything branded Star Wars, like you said, it's going to have that helmet somewhere on there. Yeah.
1: There is nothing more iconic. Yeah. I, I don't know what else there is to say. It's not just Star Wars. It's not just science fiction. Every person from 80 to 8 yeah. knows Vader, yep. right? Yeah. They know that is a thing from Star Wars when they see it. Yep, They might not know details they might not know what movies he's in but they know that is star wars and most people then know that is scary that is a villain that is evil and when you can look at someone and say that is a bad guy yeah with no context right that is successful character design yes
0: i agree it was amazing All right. Well, thank you so much for that, Chris. Yeah, guys.
2: Yeah, totally. Happy to uh, completely take over your amazing podcast. No, that was great because I (laughs) I had
1: so little to say because I just wanted to sit back and listen to someone who actually knows what they're talking about when it comes to this type of thing. (laughs) Well, I mean, next time
2: around, if you need a uh, full explanation on uh, color theory and how other cultures see the color black in their own interpretations versus a uh, uh, a more American kind of, you know, Easter... Oh, you guys have gone to sleep on me. Oh God, I'm so that, sorry. That'll have to be a topic for another
0: time. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I think we'll leave here and we'll move on to something else. Cool.
2: I really could talk about color theory for like hours. I believe you. I, it, I believe you.
0: I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> um. Yeah, but we're not going to. So, uh, yeah, so here we are in the appendices. We're just wrapping up. Chris is still con- finding the fact of his future <laughs> things with color theory and stuff. Uh, we just again want to thank you, Chris, for being on board. Uh yeah, yes, totally. Was, thank you. It was really fun. It was yes yeah. 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 two bro-
1: topics that I don't know if we would have come to nearly this quickly no, if it sure. wasn't for you poking and prodding us. And it was great. When I was told we were going to do a Vader spectacular, mm. I was not expecting these two. Too tough. <laughs> uh, but what better way to start with vader than to completely shall we say unrelated topics but at the same yeah. time even in that vader immortal game that we just played totally, together totally totally the terrifying nature of him is oh. made known
2: him him walking again we said you know he walks in i took a step back you took a step mm-hmm. back mac took a step back it's 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 oppressive. it's impressive you know yes. uh and i have to say i i was drawn to this topic myself i uh, from a very early age uh, you know first time i saw star wars mm. vader was my favorite character yes. because as a little kid vader is power yeah. right and when you're six all you want is power because mm-hmm. then you can finally eat cookies and stay up late um <laughs> now what's what's fascinating to me is as <laughs> i've gotten older i've slowly started to step away from vader i appreciate him for who he is but you know, the prequels have kind of sullied him, and not because the prequels were good or bad. That's not the argument. But the more you know about Anakin, the more you see this this Skywalker inside of It changes of the story. It changes the story. It, it,
1: I, I will not well, – I will say, for me, for the better. I, I sure. No, no. It, it, in, but, it, yes. But it, it does change that. Yes. It does well, change that. When you see the beginning to his story, it gives you a whole different perspective there's no other one well, what you yeah. saying like the yeah.
0: whole thing about is like we just talked about his look and when you first see him in new hope our introduction to him as a pop culture like we will never have that no and there are no. generations no. that will never have that because they will see Hayden Christian and know he's in there yeah and we'll be more it will be impressive but it'll be the oh god what happened to him yes it'll be right? the
2: monstrosity not it's like, the oh my gosh force. in the last
0: like you know 19 years things have gone real bad for this guy yeah yeah And that's Um, interesting.
2: But it's interesting. Like you said, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It just, it has changed the dynamic. And I think, too, also, uh, speaking for myself, as I've gotten older, as I've gotten responsibility and, you know, bills, um, all of a sudden, I don't, I'm not impressed by the guy who gets kind of angry and throws someone through a wall. Like, yes, I may want to do that sometimes, (laughs) you know, when I have a student who doesn't turn in a homework project. Yeah, like, you know, maybe a forced choke here and there. Um, but you know, but no, but truly though, like it's, it's one of those things as I've gotten older, I've realized more and more that again, you know, the dark side is tempting because it's easy, you know, yeah, it is easy yeah. to get Quaker. angry and have a temper tantrum and, and throw someone through a wall or force choke them out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've gotten older, I've become more and more of a, a Jedi disciple. You know, it's the Yoda who sits back and says, Oh kid, you really shouldn't leave Dagobah. Uh, forget it. Just go ahead. Like <laughs> it's that. Person that I've kind of become and and taken on to.
1: So is Yoda your favorite character now?
2: Uh, So... If Yoda could wear Vader's outfit, I, mean, so I can't give up that armor. I can't give it up. Okay, you just okay. need a you
0: just need a lightsider who's got sweet armor. Sweet. Why can't those guys have armor? No, but a, now we, he needs, we need a we need a character from uh, the rebels, the the the, the Jedi like ordeal guys who have uh, the cool white armor. Uh,
2: there we go. You
0: just okay. need someone like that, but who's a character? Yeah. Could yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. does Yoda so must much. wear that at some point? Right. I mean that's ceremonial armor. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The version.
1: closest we get is what Clone Wars open. Be one where, yeah, uh, but see, that's, that's cool, yeah. <laughs> it's because it's yeah. a Jedi in it. armor, that's
0: cool. yeah. All right, well, Chris, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, you are my so. best friend in the world, so it's very <laughs> likely you'll be back here someday, yeah. Yeah, but not uh, yeah. for a while. So, thank you for being here. Like said, and, uh, mortal episode two, yeah, yes, exactly. mortal episode I'll, two I'll, I'll be around coming come, in uh, later, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whenever it's announced. The future, totally, the future, which is always in motion. And with that, we're going to close this episode of Star Wars All in. We thank you, the listeners, for being here. And with that... May the Force be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, movie clips, and sound bites rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2019.